Hello, and welcome to episode 91 of the Anime Arcade Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm here with Logan. Yo. And Carlos. What is up? How's it going, guys? Another uh, season in the yeah. books. Yep. Halfway in the books. Halfway in the books, yeah. Half of them are in the books. The other half we have scattered all over our rooms because, let's face it, our rooms are never clean. <laughs> My room's pretty clean right now, actually. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah, first season of 2019. First half of that season's in the books as far as reviews go. And uh, we uh, we got a doozy for you. We got some pretty serious scores for you to take a look at and see if you agree <laughs> with. Um, of course, if you don't agree, you're wrong. Um, if you do agree, let us know. Uh, <laughs> and when he says take a look at, he means take a look at with your ears. With your ears, yes. That's how you. That's how you look at our scores. It's very scientific. Wait a minute. You don't question it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take a listen to. Of course, if you're not watching us, then what are you doing? You should be watching us on um, undisclosed video <laughs> platform. <laughs> why? Why are you? Why are you encouraging our audience to stalk us? <laughs> cut to cut to the episode. Cut to okay. the episode. Thank you for listening. Have fun. Starting this podcast without a drink, which means my throat might get kind of dry. Uh-oh. <laughs> I feel like I need to go get something. <laughs> Water at least, right? As boring as that may be with all the Red Bull and alcohol that's been flowing through my veins lately. <laughs> you live Jesus. a healthy lifestyle, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> you remember you're the oldest of us, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard so many like really ill health effects to drinking Red Bull lately too. So I think I'm going to probably stop that. Um, but uh, yeah, sometimes I just need caffeine to get through these, which I don't believe this is going to be the episode for that. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens because there's, there's a lot of stuff I'm excited to talk about and I'm excited to hear about as well. Um, but what's been going on with you guys? Uh, not a lot. Uh, the uh, most recent Fate Go event is wrapping up literally as we speak. Um, uh, that and uh, school is pretty much all that happens in my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, there's currently a war going on in my apartment. Uh, me versus Oops. every ant in the city. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm losing. So I'll keep oh, you updated. That's the worst. So that happened to me recently, actually, when um, an exterminator came and uh, he sprayed something in the yard to kill all the ants outside. And the ants decided, oh, well, if we can't be outside, we're going to go inside. <laughs> <laughs> so that might be what happened. Uh, yeah, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, it's uh, not good. No, that's not good. And last night I did not fight ants, but I did <laughs> buy my third racing miku cycling jersey oh and this time i even bought matching shorts to go with it i'm super excited to get that 
which one is, is like are these Miko ones like your last ones? I didn't hear. Um yeah, Miku. They're uh Miku. There you go. Sorry, wrong one. No, you're good. Um actually this is really a adorable second though if it was just his dog on his cycle. <laughs> well, I was thinking Mika Jogasaki, but I mean, yeah, that's cool. That be really <laughs> oh, I, I would definitely wear a Mika Jogasaki one. I actually got my first person who noticed when I was riding the other day, um, a guy in a car, and I could barely hear what he said, but I heard him say um, uh, Miku shirt uh, screaming out of the car window. So I'm assuming he said he liked it. If he knew who, what it was, then I would just have to assume he liked it. Um, cause who doesn't like Miku, but, um, so it's cool. Uh, I, I've been waiting for somebody out there to notice me. Some senpai. <laughs> uh, actually wasn't there, uh, very recently there was, there was actually news, um, on the Miku front. Unfortunately, uh, one of the, uh you know major producers of um you know vocaloid music uh passed away pretty young too i want to say oh. he was my age or he was uh, like 31 yeah yeah which That's is a shame you know you don't really say uh young a whole lot when you're thinking about 30s but you know we think about someone who's passed away 31's pretty young oh yeah 30s is super young for you know the end of life. I mean, not necessarily young in terms of, you know, general life at that point, but, um, yeah, that's sad. That's really sad to hear. Um, those are kind of the unsung heroes, you know, they don't really get any of the credit. Miku gets all the credit, but, uh, um, it's cool, I guess, you know, and I can't say that I follow the Miku front as far as, um, uh, her music and the new releases and I don't buy the albums. I do like to uh, listen to it occasionally, but, uh, and I do want to see her live. So I really hope she comes to AX this year, <laughs> but, um, oh, man, that, that sucks. Yeah. That, yeah that's a it, loss it for was, the community. Um, I, I was struggling to remember exactly. Like, I don't re- like, you're right. I don't remember like the names too well. I do remember Sam free passed away in his thirties and he was one of my favorites. He's, if you ever heard the song, uh, Luca, Luca night fever, which is one of my favorites from, um, the project yeah, Diva games. One. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he passed away a, a while ago and he was in his, um, early thirties. Oh, uh, this man. was, uh, this was, uh, Wawaka who the one that song I remember the, the, the best again from project Diva, which is where I got most of my music until I discovered, um, the various like vocaloid, um, websites and stuff like that was, uh, world's end dancehall. Which was a really good one. Really fucking difficult to play on on Project Diva. But, mm. uh, yeah. Well, uh, he will be missed. I'm sorry to hear that news. That's uh, some somber news to start out the cast. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to bring us down, but you, you mentioned no. Vocaloids, and I, I yeah. you know, we should definitely pay our respects. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, and some happier news. I actually just kind of accidentally found this out today. Uh, Funimation has announced that they're doing like a tier system now for their subscriptions. Um, I guess, uh, the current subscription price is going to be like kind of their lowest tier, which is just going to give you basic access. Um, and, uh, if you're currently subscribed to Funimation, you're going to be in the plus tier, uh, which will give you the ability to download shows, um, which I'm like super excited about as anyone who knows or has heard my, my lifestyle, I spend a lot of time on airplanes. So <laughs> the ability to watch these shows offline, being able to download them. Um, I'm super excited about that. And, uh, the, uh, third 
tier um, is uh, something. It's, it's a little more expensive, and you can only buy a yearly subscription. I think it's like a hundred bucks a year. Uh, but they say they give you a, a gift, a yearly gift, um, and something else to be announced, which uh, I'm, I'm not clear what on what the, the value of having that subscription is. Um, oh, in the plus tier, the one that we're going to be grandfathered into if we have subscriptions is also gives you the ability to let your family members use your account, which I don't know how they're going to not let family members use their <laughs> accounts <laughs> in the other tiers, but uh, it makes it sound really good. So. Yeah, that's that. That is a pretty cool thing. I mean, a lot of people uh, have been clamoring about, you know, like like downloads and stuff like that. And I think that uh, Netflix and Amazon do it really well. Um, mm -hmm. the, the couple times I've used it, going uh, on a plane, um, like, and then you know, after a few days, the things you downloaded, you can't access them anymore. It's a really yeah. good way to do it. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that Funimation's doing that, but I'm begging you, Funimation. I know you're listening. Please bring the Love Life Sunshine movie to the states. No kidding. I know you have the rights to it, unless you don't, which would be baffling to me. Bring my damn movie home. <laughs> God, you have you have a responsibility to the country that brought you the Rainbow Light Show at AX <laughs> last year. I mean, come on, man. What is wrong with yeah, you, Funimation? I, it's 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 been bugging me because I. I Recently, I looked up, um, uh, what do you call it? You know, the, the time delay, because people say, oh, it's, you know, right around the same time as, as the, uh, the original Love Live movie. The original Love Live movie took 53 days to get from Japan to here. We're well past that. And if Funimation's yeah. telling me they can't do better than NIS America working with Azoland, because I think it was Azoland who distributed <laughs> uh, the, the movie... I, my mind is blown. Why am I spending this much money? <laughs> right. I feel uh, like that's, uh, I, I just, sometimes it's just doesn't, it blows my mind. It's unfathomable to me that a, a cash cow like Love Live, they wouldn't be just, you know, chomping at the bit to release that. Um, especially in some incredibly expensive premium edition that they know Love Live fans will pay for. So. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, they recently not, did release a box set, but the box set encompasses both season one and season two. And I, I maintain it's not great, <laughs> but that's, that's for other people to decide. I, I, I own the Japanese Blu-ray, so I'm not going to complain too much. I spent way too much money for them, but yeah, that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> um, not my spending habits. Speaking of downloading shows, uh, as promised when I drafted One Punch, One Punch Man Season 2, um, I did binge on the Season 1 of One Punch Man. Um, I finally, you know, late to the party, but I finally watched that show. Damn, did I love it. What a great show. Um, and I was kind of talking to um, my wife about it and just kind of going over the story. And, and she, she, it's funny because when you talk about it, it's like, yeah, he's a guy that, um, that punches people and he, he, he kills all the monsters in one punch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, huh, you know, it's kind of hard to explain how good that show is uh, verbally, but it, it, it's definitely a good show. A lot of fun to watch. Um, and it really, it really closed out really well. I'm excited to see what they can do with season two. And we'll hear, I'm, sh I'm sure we'll hear all about it uh, come come next season. But <laughs> we're still covering, uh, uh, well, still, we're beginning to cover in this episode uh, the winter uh, 
2019. I almost said 2018. <laughs> the winter 2019 anime season. Uh, it's the first season of uh, the 2019. Year of Our Lord. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I, I have to copy the dollop at some point. Uh, <laughs> I love that fucking podcast. It's, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. Anyway, but yeah, so we're, <laughs> let's just move on. We're, we're covering the, uh, the winter season. And um, and uh, yeah, so but before we, we, we jump into it, uh, uh, Jeff and I wanted to say we won't be covering a whole lot of uh, two shows because they're going to continue on into the next season. Uh, so we thought we'd touch on them here. Um, I'll go over mine real quick. One of my shows, uh, Dororo, is it's still being streamed on Amazon. It's still very, very good. Still very, very action-packed. Um, very brutal. So if you're not really into that, I wouldn't recommend jumping in right now. But um, if you're into action and just, just, I won't say, I, I guess it is kind of slightly disturbing because the it's like like ancient Japanese like mythology demon type stuff, and he kills them and stuff like that. But you know they're demons, so they're doing bad stuff. Um, <laughs> I mean, what do you want? What are you gonna do? It's their, it's their nature. Um, but if you're if you you can you know uh, like watch that kind of stuff, it's it's very good thus far. I don't know. Maybe it'll maybe it'll turn and for the worst. Hopefully not. Um, fingers crossed. But yeah, Dororo, still on Amazon. I'm still watching it. I'm still enjoying it. And uh, you should watch it too, if you so choose. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, show that I agree um, they should be watching uh, is The Rising of the Shield Hero, which is continuing still. And I continue to love this show. Um, I think a lot of other people have, uh, have echoed that sentiment. It's It's been a lot of fun to watch this show. Uh, basically... Um, we got a fantasy world <laughs> almost seems like it's taking its uh, the, the situation they're running into is that these portals are opening up and they're flowing these monsters into the world. Uh, I, I, it brings me back to an MMO called Rift. I believe it was <laughs> where these oh, portals yeah. opened up and uh, monsters flowed into the world. And um, these heroes, uh, these four uh, heroes are summoned from the real world to come and help fight. Um, it's another kind of MMO RPG uh, kind of cinema, you know um, setting. It's not extremely intrusive with the whole MMO ness that uh, is in the show, but some of the kind of level up schemes and some of the little UI things that you'll get to see from time to time uh, remind you that that is the case. But um, Shield Hero is the main character, uh, and he is very quickly um, ostracized um, and treated like complete shit in the world. <laughs> yeah, um, no, no spoilers. It's but yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah, that's like very um, very early on, uh, and the way his character reacts to that situation is um, is awesome. Uh, really, really cool. Really, char- a character that I've really loved to follow. Uh, and uh, his sidekicks uh, that he gains throughout his quest up to this point have been a lot of fun as well. So um, look forward to talking more about that next season when it when it ends. I assume next season. Yeah, it should be done next season. Yeah, I, I look forward to talking about that one too. It's uh, an interesting show. Uh, okay, so with that out of the way, those are the shows that will be carrying over um, that me and Jeff will be talking about um later 
But uh, for now, we'll uh, we'll start with uh, one of my shows um, for this season, uh, which is uh, Uno-san, or How Clumsy Are You, Miss Uno? Um, this was supposed to be, according to Annie Chart, uh, and this is my excuse, uh, this was supposed to be a full show, uh, but it turned out to be a short oh, um, really? Yeah, it was like a 10-minute short. It was a 10-minute short, which made this supremely easy to binge. Um, <laughs> it, it is a comedy, um, uh, kind of a rom-com, but mostly mostly just pure comedy. Uh, it follows a girl named Uno, who is spectacularly brilliant. Um, just kid, like an inventor like beyond anything the world has ever known, uh, <laughs> who makes all these inventions uh, mostly with the intent of getting the um uh the boy in her class uh to notice her um it, his name's Tanaka uh and they're all like her and um uh like a fe- like a fellow female classmate Yamashita uh her Una Yamashita and Tanaka are all part of the science club where essentially it's just they're kind of testing out Ueno's um, inventions. Uh, <laughs> so Ueno makes some pretty suspect stuff. Uh, like uh, she make, invents a way to completely purify urine to make it uh, into water. <laughs> and she tries real hard to get Tanaka to drink it. Um, she makes an animal out of pantyhose and that animal stays throughout the, the show. It's actually adorable. I actually would love to own this animal. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff. <laughs> like just, uh, I mean, just uh, like I'll, essentially stuff like this. Uh, like I think she makes like uh, a gotcha pawn machine that, that um, delivers like, un- like some weird items and in, <laughs> whenever Tanaka tries to use the gachapon machine, everything he pulls out is is panties <laughs> from the, his various schoolmates. Um, so it's, it's these like ten minute like little things. It's usually like two stories in one of Ueno trying really really hard to get Tanaka's attention with her inventions, and Tanaka just being an oblivious person. Um, yeah, there's like that's just it. There's not really a whole lot else to the show, and it's a short, so I mean that's fine. Um, I will say this show is really, really funny. Like laugh out loud funny. Uh, I was I was expecting to get maybe like a chuckle out of it, but so, like some of the stuff, it's it's a little perverse, but enough to make me laugh. And bear in mind that I do find edgy comedy really funny uh, because I'm a pervert, <laughs> but. Uh, Hey, what can you do? But um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's definitely not for everybody, but I really, really enjoyed it. And there's not a whole lot else I can say about it without I don't know, just going into every episode of detail. And that doesn't sound particularly fun for me. Um, so without much else, um, this might be the shortest review I've ever done. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'd give um, uh, How Clumsy Are You, Miss Uno, a 3.5 out of 5. Okay. It made me laugh. It was, it was, it actually made me laugh out loud, which was a nice change of pace for a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. That's always fun when you can find one like that. So it sounds like a good show. I mean, I guess if you're, um, I don't know if too many 
like pure comedies this season. So, I mean, I guess if you're looking for a laugh, it, it's that might also, be the show. It, it's also nice because, like I said, it's only like 10 minutes. So, like, you get done watching something that maybe maybe is a little heavier or whatever, you know, and then you watch yeah. this and you're like, ah, funny. Hooray. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, the next one is mine. Um, it is a show I drafted called Grimm's Notes, the animation. Um, the premise in this one is, uh, well, it's based off of a mobile game. Um, and in the world created by beings known as storytellers, um, at birth, all inhabitants of this world were, uh, are bestowed with a book of fate where their lives are written in advance. Um, however, rogue storytellers known as chaos tellers are writing bad events into people's books without them knowing. It is up to the holder of blank books of fate to seek out the chaos tellers and restore the world. Um, so we've got our main character who goes by the name X E X, um, who has a blank book of fate. Um, and everyone has this book. They can read it and it will tell them how their life is going to play out. Um, you know what their, their fate is in this world. Um, and we come to find out that there are people who can come into these worlds and disrupt them, uh, by altering things or, um, usually there's a, uh, I guess I, I, every story is a fairy tale or kind of like, uh, like a storybook story, like, um, Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella. Um, they even go into stories like Don Quixote. Um, <laughs> not, your, yeah. not your traditional fairy not, tale yeah, fair. Not, it's not necessarily fairy tales. A lot of them are fairy tales. Uh, Treasure Island's another one. Um, so basically, the there's this group of people um, that X kind of meets up with when he when his he, he's from the story of Cinderella. Um, he has no fate because his book is blank, and because of that, everyone with a blank book is kind of treated like a third class citizen because you know they don't know what they're supposed to do with their life, and everyone already knows what they're going to do with theirs. So. Um, so when his world gets kind of corrupted, uh, he has to help restore it to its natural story path, I guess. And it's a very kind of like, it's a very interesting and odd, uh, kind of world because each of these, I don't know, worlds in quotes, like Cinderella, for example, it seems like it goes on a cycle like there have been hundreds and hundreds of Cinderella's before the current one, but the story just kind of keeps repeating itself. It's okay. very, very kind of interesting. Um, and so what happened in Cinderella is, um, so X was like best friend of Cinderella growing up. Um, and you know, Cinderella, if you don't know the story of Cinderella, she is like her parents die. And then she goes and lives with, or stepmother or something like that. Um, and gets treated like trash and is like a slave essentially. And then goes to a ball, um, with the help of her fairy godmother and falls in love with the prince and lives happily, happily ever after. 
Um, so it's pretty much the same story here. Um, just X is best friends with Cinderella. And uh, the twist comes when the um, the fairy godmother who is seen the aftermath of the you know conclusion of cinderella falling in love with the prince over and over again and how it doesn't always uh play out you know well it's not the fairy tale ending that you necessarily expect uh she decides that she wants to protect cinderella and pretty much like kill everyone else <laughs> and <laughs> just you know uh, have her just sleep in this and have this like wonderful dream for the rest of her life or whatever um, and so they kind of have to correct that. Um, and as all that's going on, this group, um, led by a blonde girl named Reina, um, who we come to find out later is like a princess in her own story. Maybe not the main character from another story, uh, but she was a princess for wherever she came from. Um, but her world got ruined because there was no one there to save it. Um, and so she, but she also has a blank book. And then there's uh, two other characters, Shane and Tao. Shane's a cute little uh, black-haired girl uh, that we come to find out is an Oni, a hornless Oni. Um, hmm. And both her and Tao are from the uh, storybook land of uh, Momotaro. Nice. Yeah. And so we get their kind of story and everything. Um, so yeah, they meet up with X, they save Cinderella, um, and revert, uh, Raina has the, the power to revert any story back to its proper path, um, at the cost of everyone forgetting who they are. So they do that and, uh, X decides to go and join Raina and the group as, uh, they continue on into the mist that, uh, is like the border between these worlds um, because not, the worlds aren't connected. They're all like their own, you know, individual things. It's kind of, they don't explain a lot um, about exactly what's happening, but that's fine. It was more about just kind of like seeing uh, each of these stories kind of get their uh, time to shine. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like if you like fairy tales or you just like um, various stories, it's kind of a fun uh, little thing to do to kind of see these characters uh, animated. Um, oh, I guess the one thing that I forgot to say is that because they have blank books of fate, um, they have this thing that can allow them to transform into <laughs> various uh, main characters from the stories and then use the those characters powers or you know they get powers associated with the character um so the first uh character that x can turn into is alice from alice in wonderland and <laughs> she's got like a uh um like a rapier and can do fast you know athletic sword moves and stuff like that so did you um did you personally have like a favorite reference throughout the show or a favorite kind of Easter egg that popped up at any point? Um Let me think. Like I like I like one of my favorite stories growing up as a kid was Treasure Island, so it was kind of fun to see 
Um, cool. Some of those characters come back. Like they don't ever dive too deeply into any of the stories. It's more kind of like surface level stuff. Um, because... I feel like something like a show like this, that is where it would really shine because I think everyone has a connection to some of these kind of stories uh, as a child. So I think when they pop out, as long as they're given at least a little bit of time to shine, I feel like it would really make the show good for almost mm-hmm. everyone at some point. Yeah, for sure. Um, you said one of the characters was an Oni from Momotaro? Yeah. What, wasn't the Oni the chief antagonist of the yeah. Momotari, Momotaro yeah, yeah, story? Yeah. They, they explain how... <laughs> How Tao and Shane kind of come to uh, be together, or you know, come out of that story together. Um, but yeah, like the the Onis are the the bad guys, in quotes, uh, from that story. So, um, let me see. Just trying to think about some of the other stories that they dove into. Um, they did like Red Riding Hood, uh, Snow White. Um. Uh, they did Alice in Wonderland. That was kind of where they ended the show. There was one called I think Gerda and the Snow Queen. I was unfamiliar with that one. I have no idea what that's from. No um, idea. Sounds yeah. German. Yeah. Oh, and then Aladdin. And then oh yeah, so the one that's like. <laughs> it was kind of interesting because it's not really a uh, a story necessarily, but they did an episode on uh, Joan of Arc. Ha! So, okay. yeah. <laughs> kind of a real person? <laughs> kind, of, kind of a real person. But, you know, it's like, to me, it was like, it's based off of a mobile game, the show. And so every mobile game seemingly has to have a Joan of Arc character in their game. <laughs> um so i thought it was just kind of kind of funny um the above or you know in between all of these uh, you know fantasy stories and stuff like that we get the maid of orleans joan of arc um you know i like i enjoy this show i don't think there's necessarily anything really to write home about it um if you like fairy tales it might be worth a look just to kind of see how they portray the certain uh you know characters from those stories folk uh, folklore majors take note exactly yeah uh <laughs> the, yeah uh, i kind of wonder if if someone who's really deep into those fairy tales uh, or folklore would would find a lot of issue with with oh, some of the writing. Sure. I'd be curious. Well, yeah. maybe not. Maybe not issue. Um, that what I find I enjoy as you know, like someone who's taken a lot of like literature classes is when they put like Easter eggs and stuff like that in there. <clears throat> like like they're they're free to take liberties. I mean, mm-hmm. like these are um, these works are what what they're in the public domain. Like anyone can use them. So if anyone wants to twist them or change them or whatever, that's fine. But I think they'd be more interested. I would hope they'd be more interested in the Easter eggs uh, that a a good storyteller would leave in there if they're basing it off of, you know, this uh, folklore. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there were necessarily a lot of Easter eggs. Um, yeah, that's that's one thing I wouldn't be able to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, in the Aladdin story, he has the like the reason his. uh uh, his world is going bad is because the sultan stole the the lamp from him, and so you know things can't go according to 
the story if he doesn't have the lamp to, you know, give him the money and the uh, the power that he needs to get into the position where he can, you know, do the things he needs to do in that story for it to come true. Um, mm. But yeah, I Easter eggs, probably not a lot there. Uh, the animation was okay. Uh, nothing to write home about. Uh, the characters were probably the strong suit uh, when it came to the show. I really, really enjoyed Reyna. I love Shane. Um, Tao's kind of like a meathead guy, but whatever. He was he was fine. Um, and X was a fairly decent main character, all things considered. Um, I don't know. I, I don't like... I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend this one to people, but I'm not going to not recommend it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Glowing recommendation. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, it's fine. It's like it's. I think it's a good show. I think it's no, I get like you. a solid three, three and a half. I'll probably give it a three and a half uh, because I liked it. I mean, the story ends in a very kind of like non-ending. Um, I didn't even talk about like the bad guy. There's like the people causing these uh, the the chaos tellers to take hold, um, which are other people with blank books who uh, kind of sound like heroes of justice in a way. Like they're fighting the uh, oh, what's it called? Um, I guess the storyteller, because like the, there's like this whole overarching or seemingly overarching, you know, story bit about the storyteller, you know, the one who writes these stories and how, you know, they write all these bad things that happen to people and stuff like that. And that they want to fight back uh, and find a place for people with blank books. So I don't know. They, they don't explain a lot uh, in that regard. And there's, you know, they just kind of finish up Alice in Wonderland and then who knows where they go next. Um, I kind of doubt we'll get more. Um, I wouldn't mind getting more, but yeah, I, I would probably give it a three and a half. I thought it was good. Not great, but not bad. Okay. Solid. Awesome. Uh, all right. So my next one is one that I drafted. Uh, not really knowing the premise, but I'm kind of glad that I drafted it. Um, this would be a uh, Wataten or Wataten an angel flew down to me. Um this one is uh, based or it follows a girl named uh, Miyako uh, Hoshino. Uh, Miyako is a college student. Uh, she's studying, I don't know, like design. Like she's like designed specifically like for clothing and stuff like that. Uh, she has a little sister. Her name's uh, Hinata. And one day Hinata comes home with Hana, a... Uh, uh, girl in her same age group. I, I want to say Hinata is like early elementary school. And Miyako is over the moon for Hana. Um, so if this sounds a lot like Uzumade, which is a show I drafted last season, that's because this show is remarkably similar to Uzumade. However, uh, where Uzumade was over the top with its raunchy humor in a very inappropriate circumstances. Uh, this one, you you won't find any of that. Um, there is no raunchiness or anything like that. Uh, Miyako's interest, while definitely 
kind of creepy uh is not <sighs> like it's not in your face with let's just say that she's never going to propose to a <laughs> girl she just kind of wants to have her around and feed her sweets and shit like that um and for her part Han- hana is uh very like into sweets um <laughs> So much so that, like, when Miyako wants her to cosplay in the outfit she makes, she will only agree to it if, uh, if Miyako makes her, I don't know, some form of sweets or another. Um, <laughs> along the way, they're introduced to now, who is a, a little blonde haired girl who, uh, hangs out and the, the trio kind of hang out or, uh, of Hinata, Hana, and now, uh, hang out around, uh, Miyako as Miyako gets them to cosplay uh, and eat sweets. Um, There's like little, you know, conflicts and stuff like that um, throughout the show. Uh, Some notable ones. Uh, Hinata is uh, Miyako's sister. Um, Hinata is very much like attached to Miyako at the hip, Um, like more so than she is to her own mother. Um, so there's like an episode where she feels like she's, you know, not being paid attention to, you know, like that kind of thing because of these other girls now, um, uh, we get other characters, um, like side characters, uh, later on, um, who have like their own little conflicts, but it's never anything huge. Uh, I want to say there is one character and I'm struggling to find her damn name. Uh, because my anime list is sometimes not the best. Um, yeah, I can't find it. It's is it Koyori? No. Um. Anyway, but essentially, just like um, uh, Uzumade, there is a character is head over heels in love with the main character, another female, by the way, and mm-hmm. the same age as the, the other, uh, as the female. I, I, I'm just not going to find it anyway. Uh, and she's like, I, I mean like head over heels in like stalker fashion, like actually stalks her. <laughs> but uh, unlike Uzumade, again, this is very downplayed. Um, I, if I had to say like that character is probably the creepiest of all of them. <laughs> But even then, it it doesn't come near Uzumi. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous, uh, over the top. I don't know, etchy. Um, the uh, the show is actually kind of touching at points, uh, but like uh, up until episode eleven, I probably wouldn't have given this maybe more than like a three point five. Um, but just kind of in context, uh, episode, I want to say 10 to 12, uh, deal with a play, um, where, uh, uh, I think it's, um, all the girls are in the play, uh, but Hana gets selected to be the main character of the play. Um, and she's an angel. So surprise mm-hmm. the the title actually has meaning, um, and uh, Miyako actually makes or helps make a lot of the costumes. Uh, you know, her sister's in the play. So obviously being like a design student, they kind of wanted her uh, around for that. Um, episode 12. So 
Again, I, I was I was going into this thinking, Ugh, this is just going to be like some kind of cutesy pootsy, like real small thing where we're going to see uh, Miyako just, you know, gushing over it. And maybe we'll see the girls do some stuff. No, I this play took up two thirds of of the last episode and it was phenomenal. Um, I, I have to kind of go over it and again, like if we haven't really said it yet, but again, the spoiler cast, I'm going to spoil stuff here. So if you don't want to hear it and I recommend watch, if you're going to like, if, if you can't deal with the whole, you know, older girl who's very uncomfortably into this really young girl, don't watch the show. But if you can get past that, this last episode is really good. I, I really have to go over this. So the, the play is a musical. Um, and, and the whole time they're singing. So, and the, this whole thing's animated, which just kind of blows me away because I wasn't expecting it. Um, so the, the general story of the play, as far as I could understand it, um, is, uh, Hannah's, Hannah's character is, is an angel. She awakens one day in, I don't know, heaven, let's call it that. Um, and the other angels kind of come, come to her side and they're like, Hey, you know, you've just been born. What's your name? And I forget what her name is supposed to be. Not important. Anyway. Uh, and so there's like a scene of her learning what it is to be in heaven. Uh, and then she learns what it is like, what the angels jobs are. And apparently they're cupids because their job is to help humans find love. Hmm. Um, and Hannah's character, uh, is, you know, wandering around trying to find like somebody to guide to love or whatever. When she meets Hinata's character, who is a human girl who with now's character, they both own a bakery. Uh, and there's this like scene where, or this song where like Hinata's character is talking about how like she really wants to find love and Hana as the angel falls in love with Hinata's character. So she goes back to heaven and, uh, I don't know, God, let's call it that, uh, tells her if you're going to do this, you have to, you know, lose your powers and go down to earth. So it's really terrible, but it's so good. So she loses her powers and treks like down this snowy hill only to find out that in the process of losing her powers, two generations have passed and her grandchild is there. So Hinata, because Hinata knew about, sorry, I skipped over a part. Hinata knew about Hana and wanted to be together with her, like uh, as the angel. Uh, but two generations pass and like when Hana gets to the village again, um, what do you call it? Uh, Hinata's character is past, like long past. Um, and so she starts up in the bakery as a human with Hinata's granddaughter. And uh, they kind of like, mm, I, it's not really implied that well, but kind of, I guess, either just live together uh, or form a relationship or whatever until uh, Hana's as a human grows old and dies and then returns to heaven and they're all reunited. And it's it's such a good play. I don't like we had a bit of a back and forth in our in our chat. It is such an incredibly bittersweet play that I was like, what the fuck just happened? Where is my show about like my innocuous show about, you know, a, a girl who is really, really into like this little girl and just feeds her sweets all the damn time? I was really taken aback by how much I really, really, really enjoyed this play. Like 
The only thing that detracted from my enjoyment of that play is, again, this is two-thirds of the episode. Immediately after the play, nobody acts like they just watched what I just watched. <laughs> I'm like, this was incredible. And granted, like, it's animated. Like, you see it at first, and it's it's very clearly a school play. But then it goes into a world where this is, it looks, you know, much more real. Kind of, you know, to give you, uh, as the audience said, immersion. But really really good shit like this bumped the show up for me honestly i this would have been a kind of nothing show like fine funny i enjoyed it well enough and if there's more then yes i want it but at this point i think it's comfortably in the place that if the blu-rays go on sale i might pick them up nice um yeah which is you know it's a surprise with this kind of show i really wasn't expecting a whole lot out of it it sounds like the author needs to tap into kind of that aspect of their writing and actually just create a show like that, right? Um, that does sound totally out of place in the show, and uh, but awesome at the same time. The way you just described that <laughs> yeah. sounds like a beautiful story. So no, I was, um, I was, I, I won't say I, I was, you know, in tears, but I was definitely somewhere near in the neighborhood of of like when you know she finds out that you know her the person that she'd wanted all that time was like long dead and i'm like oh no and then like when they all ascend i'm like oh that's so cute god damn it don't do this to me show uh but yeah so like and then afterwards it's just like oh you guys were so good i'm like good they were fucking brilliant it's like did you not watch the show i just watched <laughs> i would have been that creepy dad just like yeah it's like standing ovation only person in the audience standing ovation uh anyway but uh yeah so afterwards um because Throughout the show, like I said, Hinata is uh, like attached to Miyako at the fucking hip, and she loves her sister, and she's very cute. Hinata, like I, I didn't really go into, but uh, Miyako, Miyako's little sister, Hinata is probably my favorite character because she's just a very, she's a good person, very good person, <laughs> and she's very cute. Um, um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so uh, but because Hinata has been talking her sister up to her whole class, her whole class has this image of Miyako as like a celebrity. Oh, and I, I guess I didn't go into this either. My bad. Uh, all disjointed. Uh, Miyako is a super introvert, super 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 introvert. Um, but she gets she gets better throughout the show by you know slow measures. Um, so this super introvert has to stand there while a whole bunch of elementary school kids come up and ask to shake her hand because they think <laughs> she's this, you know, ultra celebrity. Um, and that's fine. And that's, that's essentially where it ends. Um, the moms, uh, Miyako and Hinata's mom, Nao's mom and, and Hana's mom, uh, all are like throw a party, like an, an after party for the, the player or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, they, for lack of a better term, right off into the sunset, and maybe we'll see them again. Probably not. Uh, and that's Wata Ten. Um, yeah, like the the whole show, pretty okay. Uh, the play, fucking outstanding. Like, what the what the hell? Where did that come from? Um, so overall, I'd say I'd probably give this a four out of five. Nice. Um, yeah. Wow. Bafflingly good is 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 the best thing I. Can. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm still kind of in shock about how much I enjoyed that. But yeah, so what a 10. Not for everybody, for sure, though. <laughs> okay. Back to me. 
Um, and I have another mobile game adaptation for you. This is <laughs> Pastel Memories. And this is another show that is like a vignette show in that it tackles a different anime each episode. Um, the premise for this one is that the... Um, the I guess the city of Akihabara has kind of disappeared. Um, everything anime related has pretty much, um, you know, gone by the wayside. Uh, it's just now like a boring kind of um, place for work. Uh, none of the flashiness that Akihabara represents now. Um, and there is this uh, little cafe that these girls work at where they kind of, you know, try to promote anime still and uh, anime and games and manga, um, otaku culture in general. Um, and I really had no idea what the show was going to be about coming in. I thought it was just going to be kind of like a, uh, you know, you know, just talking about anime in a good light and kind of, you know, sharing it with the, the world as they try to kind of revive Akihabara. Um, no, no. Uh, turns out that this show is about these girls going into various properties and saving them because they are getting infected by some virus uh, that makes <laughs> people's <laughs> memories of these things disappear. Um, so it's essentially like a magical girl show uh, in some ways. Um, all the girls' outfits when they go into these uh, stories are very steampunky, which I enjoyed. Uh, and there's like a billion characters, so I'm really not going to talk about any of them because none of them are really noteworthy. Um, like a billion main characters? Yeah, there, let me. I'm just going to do a quick count. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Fourteen characters that played an equal role in the show. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't tell you a single name uh, other than the the bad guy in quotes. Her name's Maya. She's uh, an obvious um, like uh, aging, not aging. I mean, she's like probably like late 20s, uh, early 30s woman who is like, I guess, the one spreading the virus to all these uh, <laughs> well, anime and games and manga. She, because she, if she's that age, then she's ancient. And <laughs> exactly. And that's like, that's kind of the joke is that they call her an old woman and like God. a hag and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, she, she can never get a date. Um, but yeah, it's like there's really not much to say. Like the big draw for the show i would say is kind of the spoofs that they do on various things um the first episode um is kind of a search for this manga which is called um welcome to the rabbit cafe which is a take on is the order a rabbit um, and in the second episode, they kind of go in and save <laughs> the world of Is the Order of Rabbit. Um, in that world, they're turning into eels for some reason. Um, I couldn't tell you why. That's just what the virus did. Um, and each episode after they defeat the 
I forget what it's called. There's like a a mother virus, I think is what they call it, which is like a giant robot looking thing with like this obvious weak spot of like a a giant orb in its chest. Um, And then Maya, the bad guy is riding on the shoulder every time. Every time they blow it up, she like does like the team rocket, you know, sent off into the sky, (laughs) twinkle. (laughs) Um, uh, So... Yeah, that was uh, kind of the first two episodes was kind of getting us uh, brought up to speed about what's going on and then saving that one. Uh, the second one is a spoof of Rosen Maiden, which is a an anime about uh, dolls, I guess. I haven't so seen good. it. So good. Dolls that fight or something like that. Love Rosen Maiden. Um, <laughs> uh, fourth episode uh, is um, a take on uh Rokyo Boo, which is like a the basketball anime the basketball anime with the lolly girls yeah. yeah and the uh i guess the manager who's like a guy who is like in love with lollies or something uh um oh what was the oh the uh i think you watched this one the fifth episode was about um the reuse work is never done yeah, I watched that one. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a take on that with the same the premise, girl. but with uh, with Shoei. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, they go into that one, and they have to fight their way up to save all these top Shogi people by battling these various viruses and Shogi, and the main girl, you know, comes out on top. Um, let me see. Hamtaro's one. <laughs> that was an interesting episode. Um, they did a Dragon Quest spoof. They did a um a food anime that I don't know. Let me see if they have it here. Mister Ajiko is the manga that they spoofed. Uh oh, and I guess it was an anime in the eighties. I don't know a food one where they you know have to cook. One of the girls is not good at cooking, so she has to overcome that and beat the virus in a cook-off which looked very food warsy to me um they they (laughs) they uh uh do an episode on like uh dating sims um where the the one that they actually go into is like you you know you do all the dating sim stuff and then once you uh, successfully woo a girl, um, the entire rest of the world turns into zombies and it turns into like a zombie horror game, I guess. <laughs> um, it looks like that one was based on a visual novel called Tokimeki Memorial. So um, there's that. Let's see. A couple more here. Uh, which one was this one? I don't remember what this one was about. Oh, it was like some school fighting. It looked very like, uh, I guess, oh, it's based on Saint Seiya. I don't know. I've never seen that. Um, Just spoof after spoof. Let's see. Oh, and then, yes, the finale. The the piece de resistance uh, was they spoofed uh, Evangelion. Uh, and that yeah like i can't even i couldn't tell you what happened in any of these episodes other than 
they defeat the you know the the virus and send Maya off into the the sky. Um, a lot of them are kind of like character episodes where one of the girls gets to kind of you know have her moment. Um, but yeah, there's that many main characters. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. would you say this is a show that could be enjoyed by somebody who maybe just wants to watch it for the spoof of a show that they enjoyed or that they watched, or is there enough going on outside of the spoofing that would make it? There Hard is to follow. nothing going on outside of the spoofing that would make it worth uh, watching. So I could just go in and watch, you know, the Rose and Maiden and the Evangelion one if I felt like it, and that's yeah, that would be fine. Uh huh. Yeah, as Interesting. long as you uh, like understand that you know these girls can go into these things and that they're there to kind of get rid of the virus, um, and that they you know, kind of have transformations and then they get these cool weapons and look steampunky and stuff. Um, huh. And that they are spoofing stuff. Then, yeah, I mean, y- you could go into any of them and there are plenty of Easter eggy kind of things in this one that I would say uh, you could have fun kind of picking out, you know, like, oh yeah, I remember that. Or, you know, wow, they did that differently in this one. Um Cool. So there's a kind of enjoyment that way, I guess. Uh, but it's not really a show that I would be able to recommend otherwise. The animation is really not good. Um, the character designs are not my cup of tea. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think you like the ED, Carlos. <laughs> um, That's a good so one to listen yeah, or more more of a watch kind of a thing, I think, is what you're oh, okay. going out of it. Because um, it, it's so different than anything in the show. It's ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, it's not, not one that I would say go watch for sure. Um, I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> okay. Uh, just because I think there is potential, like Jeff was saying, for you to go if you you know really like something. Like going and watching the Is the Order Rabbit episode was a lot of fun uh, because I knew what Is the Order Rabbit was about and I kind of see <laughs> how they turn things on their head and uh, played that story out was kind of interesting. But yeah, other than that, it's just not worth your time. So two, two out of five. Hmm. It's our lowest thus far. Cool, man. Alrighty, my turn. Um, all right, so this is a show that uh, seems like, I, I, for some reason, I feel pressure uh, reviewing this show, especially all alone, um, <laughs> being that I'm the only person that watched the 24 episodes of uh, Sword Art Online Alicization, especially with the hype coming in on this show. I mean, this is a Sword Art anime. Um, yeah, so much good about Sword Art. I mean, it, it's love it or hate it. Of course, it's a show that's popular enough that people really will hate it just because of its popularity. Um, and deservedly so lots of people love this. So there's been plenty of spinoffs. Uh, you know, what was it? A couple seasons ago, we just reviewed, um, the gun gale online, uh, kind of side story spinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is kind of the, the next chapter in the main universe with Kirito and Asuna and, um, some new characters that have been introduced. Uh, and what really intrigued me about this getting started was that, uh, Kirito is in, um, is in danger again. He's in a kind of life or death situation in a game. 
or kind of not a game, actually. Uh, <laughs> the way that they did this particular world that Kirito really is in for the entire show, um, and it's hard to even remember sometimes that he's in a world because so little is shown of what's going on outside of this fairy tale land that he's mm-hmm. found himself in. But um, to kind of get started, he and Austin are out on a date. And uh, some crazy guy comes that he's dealt with in the past uh, and tries to kill him and almost does. <laughs> this is in the real world. Um, <laughs> and you don't really know what happened. All of a sudden now Kirito is a little boy in this uh, this fantasy land. Um, and you get an episode from Asuna's perspective where you can kind of see, uh, oh, wow. Okay. He has been like kind of uh, – being a prototype like testing for this game where um not really a game it's like a world where they're taking like people's souls i guess uh fluct lights or whatever they call them um and they're like latching it into this virtual environment where they're kind of creating real people a real souls real you know um i guess souls of people live within this virtual environment so it's kind of like real people are in there hmm. um just kind of kind of wild but um it's a little weird i mean it's a little kind of you know sword art is unbelievable as it was that you've got these vr headsets that you know connect to your brain with radio your uh, microwave rays or whatever um somehow that was somewhat believable like okay i could see virtual reality being like this immersive at some point this was like Kirito was in the world he was like he was in there he was feeling the pain when things happened he was uh his life was in danger. So, uh, it was, it was different. Um, but it didn't really quite sit right with me. It just felt a little too suspended from, from disbelief. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, he meets up with this little blonde boy named Yu-Gi-Oh and his little girlfriend or whatever friend named Alice. Uh, and, uh, I think it's his friend. It's not his sister, is it? I don't Wait, know. No. In the <laughs> no. in the first episode, it's it they just kind of take you through like they're friends as children. Yeah. Yeah. And and then it's not like it like after he gets um kind of like knocked out, you don't know at this point, and I don't know at this point because I this is as far as I got. But mm-hmm. he then wakes up in the other world with memories of Alice, like they're older. Right. Right. And like, so like, it's like when he's testing it out, he's friends with this kid. Right. Or was yeah, I mistaken? Yeah. When he's testing it out, he is. But there's also like, I, I never was quite clear on how it worked with like his memories inside and outside of the game. Cause there's parts of the show because basically once what happens where he's like injured and he's in the game, you pretty much spend the rest of the anime with, from his point of view in the game, you don't see much outside of, you know, I say the game, but outside of that world for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. It's Kirito with UGO and Alice pretty much the rest of the, the way. Um, and uh, yeah, and basically what happens is they're in this world where the, and you don't really know at this point, um, but this world has like these very strict laws. Um, and what happens is Alice breaks one of these laws uh, kind of tragically, accidentally, um, she, the, one of the laws is they're not supposed to re- leave this, this barrier. They're not supposed to enter this one part of the world. 
Um, and she trips and her fingertips go outside of the barrier of the world. So she breaks this law, this rule. Um, and this creepy face comes out of this, the, like the, the air and it's like, you broke the law. And um, <laughs> then all of a sudden they're back in town and this big knight dude on a dragon comes down and, you know, basically says, you're under arrest. Uh, we're going to kill you or execute you or whatever. At least you're kind of led to believe that. Um, and she's chained up and flown away. And now this is Yu-Gi-Oh, the little blonde boy um, who basically plays as Kirito's kind of uh, cohort throughout the rest of the show. Um, uh, this is his childhood friend. He's like, this is basically the rest of his life is all about, I need to go and see if I can save Alice. Uh, he's convinced she's still alive. She's in the capital. I need to go figure out what, what I can do to save her. Um, and, uh, but again, these laws, they give you like a job and Yu-Gi-Oh's job is to cut down a tree. That's apparently impossible to cut down. Um, he spends every single day of his life swinging an ax at this tree uh, and it, it talks about like the life bar for this tree and it basically never moves. So he's just every single day, all day chopping at the tree with this ax. And <laughs> you see this kind of, it's an enormous tree. I mean, we're talking the trunk of this tree is like, you know, the size of a small town. Um, and, uh, he's got, a <laughs> he's got this just little dent in the tree from all of the days and years that he's been chopping well, at it. It's not even like, isn't it that like his, like this, he, it, it's several generations of people that have been trying. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like not even just him. It's been like generations of tree cutters that have been doing this. Um, and when I say the size of a small town, I may be exaggerating, but the trunk of this tree is at least the size of a large house. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you're, you're from um, New York. We forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really big. Let's just, you know, let's just make that clear. Um, and of course, you know, Kirito's there and he's kind of not supposed to be there and it's a little weird. Um, and he doesn't have a job really. He's just kind of hanging out with Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever, chilling by the tree. They seem to be kind of throwing in these little bits of like, oh, we want, um, we want Yaoi, uh, you know, doujins to come out after this. They kind of roll around on the ground and play with each other every once in a while. Um, <laughs> the Yaoi community just message received. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, so, by the way, animation in the show is beautiful, really crisp, really clear. Um, I watched a lot of it on my 70-inch TV in the living room, and it looked phenomenal. Uh, beautiful, beautiful show. Um, but um, so, of course, Kirito and him kind of talk a little bit, and they figure out. And he finds a sword in a cave, and um, they figure out how to cut the tree in half with this with his special sword art slash. Um, so at that point, UGO is kind of free to uh, go on and find another job. And because he completed his job, he gets to pick, and he wants to be a swordsman and go to the capital. Um, so then that kind of starts their journey going to the capital city where he wants to find Alice. Um, and that kind of finishes the first arc, which I thought was kind of weak. The first arc, I mean, there wasn't too much going on. There was just a lot of exposition. And it's been one of my problems with this show up to this point. Um, and I guess we can call this season one of Alicization cause it did end off on a pretty solid note. Um, but, uh, this show spends way too much time explaining things. I, I just found there were episodes that were so hard to get through for me. Um, How many episodes was it, this first bit where he cuts down the tree and all that? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly. Uh, I can find that out right now, though. 
Uh, at least I would say probably about, let's find out. You can maybe cut this. It's taking too long, but, um, maybe six, say like maybe the first six episodes, something like that. Um, and then, uh, they go into the city, uh, and you get a little bit of what's going on in the city. Kind of basically there's some noblemen who are above the law and they're kind of dicks and, um, they, (laughs) make they make life kind of miserable for Kirito and um Yujio as they're training um and that whole entire thing kind of culminates in this super rapey scene where um uh Yujio and Kirito have these kind of little apprentices and um the two like noble guys basically are raping these apprentices um they're 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 just whatever and and they can do this because they found this kind of uh loophole in the law where they're not really breaking the law so the creepy face dude comes out and then you know they get executed by the knights or whatever um but uh they go and yujio and kirito end up killing these these guys like murdering them viciously like decapitating them um and uh from that point on, the show goes into this uh, kind of tower climb boss of the week show. Um, they uh, they are then running from the law. Creepy face guy comes out after they kill the noble dudes. Um, they get saved by this like chancellor. Shoot, what was her name again? The um, oh man, I had the characters up and then I started looking at the episodes. <laughs> terrible of names. Uh, the Cardinal, um, who is kind of like, uh, and this, this gets into the whole world and how the Cardinal is kind of the, the opposite to the, the point effects or basically the administrator, who's the person who's kind of ruling over this entire world. And she's the one that's created all these laws to control the people of the world. Um, and she has basically summoned these or quote unquote summoned, she's created these knights who enforce these laws to control the people of the world. Um, and the Cardinal is like, no, we need to take this, this girl down. She's like, she's power hungry and evil. And she's like, you know, basically brainwashing these knight people who are, uh, kind of heroes or powerful warriors who she's stolen the memories from and, uh, made them her slaves to basically control the people of the world. So, um, and uh, from that point on, it's like, okay, we need to climb this huge big tower that she's at the top of floor by floor and fight all the knights as we go up. Um, and this was the rest of the show for the most part until we get to the point where they they reach the top. Um, and it felt very much like a video game. It felt very sword arty in the sense that they're climbing levels, um, fighting bad guys. But again... While the fight scenes were really good, the animation was really good, um, I just found myself, it was fun enough, it was entertaining enough to keep me going, but I was kind of just like, all right, every single week I'm getting this new exposition about this new character that I don't really care about because I know you guys are going to kill them or move on from fighting them to the next floor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, all along, you know, again, character-wise... I felt like the character development, even for Yu-Gi-Oh, who was supposed to be one of the leads, was was pretty poor. Uh, at no point did I really feel connected with him as a character. Uh, 
I don't want to go too deep into spoiler territory for what happens as the show goes on, um, but you can kind of guess. They get to the top floor. They fight the administrator um, uh, who spends the entire fight naked. Nice. <laughs> and she's a, like, beautifully... She's a beautiful, busty, you know, very attractive character model, um, you know, lady who... Uh, yeah, is incredibly powerful and, you know, has all these abilities. Uh, there's also this really creepy little clown man that they end up fighting, which uh, I thought was really weird. But <laughs> um, it was almost like they had to put something really evil and creepy in there because the really bad guy or bad lady in this case was kind of hard to <laughs> think of as like evil or whatever. I don't know. But um I know this, this show's continuing. I don't want to get into any more spoilers. I know I've already kind of said a lot. Uh, but overall, I'd say super hype, you know, super hyped coming into the show. Um, I think I enjoyed it throughout the show. I think it kept me interested. But um, the culmination was kind of disappointing. I felt like it spent a lot of time. There was there were certain there were episodes where I was literally unable to keep myself awake. Um, one in particular where there was um, Kirito and another character were hanging from a wall with their swords in the wall for like half the episode, just hanging there <laughs> by one hand, talking to each other for half the episode. Um, and I'm just like, this is ridiculous, first of all, because they're just not even having any trouble hanging there by one hand while they chat with each other casually. Um there's also a lot of scenes where characters are talking to each other casually where they're literally in the middle of a fight. Like the opponent is standing there for 10 minutes watching them have a casual conversation, just letting them have that conversation. Um, that happened repeatedly throughout the show, which drove me nuts. Um, and one of the things with sword art, I've always kind of allowed them to get away with certain things that kind of were a little ridiculous um, throughout the sword art series. Um, but for whatever reason, this show pushed me a little farther than I was willing to just give it a pass on. Um, but overall, music was good. Uh, I think continued to be the, the quality that Sword Art brings. Uh, maybe not quite as good as previous Sword Art seasons, but um, music was good. Animation was absolutely gorgeous. Characters were gorgeous. I, you will be seeing um, some pretty seriously awesome figures of this Quinella character, uh, the uh -huh. administrator. Um, because yeah, that clearly I think was, <laughs> that was in mind. <laughs> they created this character. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, that's about it. Any questions, any curiosities uh, about this show before I move along? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do plan on going back to this show, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll definitely be watching it at some point. So yeah, I'd be curious to hear, like, when you guys do watch it, what your opinions are on it. Um, I think I've seen some pretty split opinions. I, I've seen a lot of people uh, in our Discord chat on the show. Uh, it seemed like a lot of people really liked it. Um, so I hope this isn't super disappointing for you guys. Let me know what you think. Um, but uh, I would say because I, I know I'm a little down on it. I sound a little down on it. Um, but I, I would still give the show a 3.5. Um, it was a beautiful show. It kept me interested the whole way. I'm still interested to see what happens. I just wish that they developed some of the more important characters better and spent less time with this. Just like they spent a lot of time talking about things that just I didn't really care about. It didn't really matter in the long run. Where if they had spent that time 
building characters, there's some things that happen at the end of the show that I should have cared a lot more about that I just didn't because I feel like they didn't do a good job of um, building up to it. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, uh, 3.5 for Sword Art Alicization, okay. um, which I think is still a pretty solid grade. Uh, but Could have been better. It's Sword Art, yeah. Okay, so um, the next show is one that none of us drafted, but I picked up because uh, the internet told me to. Um, <laughs> I just I saw some stuff on Twitter, and I'm like, I want to watch that. Um, it's uh, My Roommate is a Cat. It's on Crunchyroll. Um, this follows the, the life of uh, Subaru uh, Mikazuki. Uh, Subaru, we, we initially... Um, are shown him at the funeral of his parents. So, you know, pretty auspicious start. Um, apparently he was uh, slated to go on a trip or he wasn't, he, he was asked to go on a trip with his parents. Um, but, you know, he declined because uh, he's kind of a shut in um, and, you know, very shy guy. And uh, his parents uh, unfortunately died on that trip. If I remember correctly, it had something to do with the bus accident. Um, and so, uh, one day while he's, uh, he's an, uh, by the way, he's also an author. We find out later, he's always been into books his whole life and he became an author and he's kind of trying to think up, um, uh, like a new title. Um, and so just one day kind of while wandering around, uh, trying to think, uh, or trying to gain inspiration for his, his newest, uh, series of books, he comes upon a stray cat. Um, actually, if I remember correctly, it's while he's visiting his parents' grave. Uh, he sets down an offering to his parents' grave, and uh, this cat just jumps out of nowhere and starts eating the offering. Um, <laughs> so he he takes uh, he takes the cat home. Uh, it's a female cat, by the way, and he names her Haru, uh, and starts to kind of like thinking about ways to use the cat as uh, inspiration for his newest book um the good the, the great part about this show is that it it's i won't say it's two halves it's like two parts the first part is usually longer and then the second part's a little shorter but the first part we see um subaru uh, going about his daily life uh, and then the second part we see things from haru's perspective um and we actually hear like her the voice inside of her head uh because you know, cats can't talk. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, Subaru eventually does like devise this thought of like a cat assassin book, and apparently it does pretty well. Um, so you know, uh, he's pretty happy because uh, Haru is his muse now. Um, and Haru, for her part, uh, has been astray and had uh, like brothers and sister kittens that she looked after so she sees subaru as something she has to look after uh <laughs> because he doesn't feed himself well as a matter of fact i think in the first episode he actually passes out from like hunger uh, and she pushes her food plate to him and kind of in a trance he eats the food uh, and goes uh -huh. back to work yeah um uh, the rest of the show, we start meeting uh, other characters because there are people that do care about Subaru, uh, even though you know his family is uh, unfortunately deceased. Um, there's uh, Hiroto, who is the, the next door neighbor, um, or his mom lives next door, but you know they've been friends since they were kids. Uh, Hiroto comes over 
periodically to to deliver uh food and steal and, his food <laughs> and and steal his specifically his fish, fish sausages like Proud he's all, he, yeah i have no idea like it actually it sounds interesting i'd try it but yeah i'm not sure how that would taste um and then there's a uh, uh atsushi who is um his editor who comes over from time to time to check on his his ward and who is head over heels in love with Haru, but Haru fucking hates him. <laughs> uh, which I mean, I've I've had cats. I can attest. They're, they're just sometimes they just don't like people. Um, and then uh, at one point he's you know looking for. I I believe he meets Okami, who is uh, Okami, uh, Nana Okami, who works at a local pet store. He meets her when he's looking for a like a collar or something like that. Um, or no, he goes to buy food. Yeah, he goes to buy food and then eventually he goes to get a collar from her. And she's also a cat fan. And later on, it's revealed that both her and her brother read his books. Um, and the story is just like slowly but surely Subaru uh, becomes more open, you know, is less of a shut in and stuff like that. And um, uh, it's, it doesn't sound like much, but the show really hits you with like it, it hits him a lot. It, it's actually actually really kind of sad to, to watch. Um, every time he sees something uh, that makes him remember his mom, and his mom was constantly trying to get him to come on trips with them to see the rest of the world, and constantly doing stuff for him, and he is constantly having these realizations that you know he could have done more with them. Like it's a really big regret thing and it's really sad to watch, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I actually really enjoyed watching it. Cause I was like, you know, it's like one of those realization things like, eh, maybe I don't spend enough time with my family. Um, <laughs> it was, it was really cool the way they did that. It wasn't like a, like a hardcore guilt trip. Like, why aren't you calling your mother more like that kind of stuff? It's like, maybe do something nice for Ma because you're not sure how much time you got left with him. Um, uh, and then on the Haru side, like that was all like, it, it wasn't always, but a lot of, a lot of the, the Subaru sides were, you know, like that kind of thing, like a, mm -hmm. a realization that maybe as he, you know, like a re realization for him that maybe he's hasn't done enough with his life, even though he's a very successful author at this point, he hasn't seen a lot, uh, you know, passed up a lot of time with his family, all this kind of stuff. Um, and so a lot of times you're kind of down, like, you know, kind of feeling a little <laughs> down after watching that. And then you get the Haru side and you're feeling a lot happier because Haru is just like, I won't say unintentionally, but very sweet and kind of mostly because she wants him to live. Uh, and she thinks because she's a cat that food is pretty much everything and he needs to be eating more. Uh, <laughs> so she, you know, does her best to take care of him and stuff like that. Uh, also, we didn't get a whole lot of him, but Taro is a really good boy. It's a dog. He's a dog that lives next door. I loved every bit with Taro in it. He's like a, <laughs> I want to say he's like a golden retriever or something. I, I can't tell yeah. with the animation, but he's very cute. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, so it's like a, it's like a life lesson into a, like a feel good moment. <laughs> it's weird how they did it, but they balanced it out really well because I never came away feeling like down in the dumps. Uh, I always felt really happy for, for Subaru and Haru. Um, I really like that name, Haru. 
Um, yeah, it's a good name. But uh, yeah, like not really a whole lot else to say. Like we get more success throughout the show of him. Like in he sees more success as he socializes more and as he learns to open up more as a person. Mm. Um, the final like conflict isn't really that big. Um, there's a typhoon and Subaru is like actually leaves to go to another prefecture um, for, for research, um, which, you know, you get another one of those things. Like the place he goes to is the place that his parents were going to go to. And they wanted to go <laughs> there specifically for him. Um but you know, good thing he didn't go; otherwise, he'd be dead. Um, yeah. But uh, like on the way back, there's a typhoon. Um, he can't take a plane back, so he's taking a train back. And like Haru kind of starts to freak out. And uh, at one point, the neighbors, you know, task uh, Hiroto's ch- tasked with checking on her. And while he's trying to get the door closed in a typhoon, Haru runs out to look for him. And oh. the conflict is essentially them looking for Haru. And, you know, th- this being the show it is, they find her, which, you know, good. Sure. Because if she died, I'd, I'd probably give this a one out of five. Uh, <laughs> but, but they find her and and there's like a... Because, like, the neighborhood, you know, or all his friends kind of help him look. And there's this realization for him that, you know, all that wasn't for nothing. The bonds he formed and all that stuff, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, so like not the, the heaviest end conflict, but it, it was, it was very good for wrapping up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How much of a, a role did the, uh, the shop girl play into it? Definitely not enough. Yeah. Uh, she, okay. she that was kind of the feeling I got. She, she does play quite a bit of a role, but there's, there's not really a whole lot of romantic, romantic tension between either of them. Like, it's pretty clear that neither of them, well, I won't say it's clear, but at the moment in their kind of relationship, you know, as one human to another, yeah. um, there's no real, it was pretty clear there wasn't really any, like, thoughts of, like, because that's where I thought they were going with that, too. Um, but there's there's nothing like that. Um, I imagine oh, okay. if we got a second season, I'd love to see that. Um, for sure especially since i think it would be interesting if they I, I would love it if they kept going with this but i sincerely doubt they're going to um it would be really cool to see from a from an animal's perspective uh the introduction of a relationship and then even mm-hmm. more so i mean this would be you know several seasons down the line several seasons again we're probably not getting so i don't want yeah. i don't want to get your hopes up listeners um <laughs> But like the introduction of a child, because animals yeah. act very differently around children. Some some of them are very protective. Others are uh, a little bit more standoffish and, you know, weary about the little screaming human. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see that. I would absolutely like that's yeah. what I was kind of hoping we were going to kind of edge towards, but we never really got there. And there is a siren outside my window, and I just realized my window is open. That's okay. <laughs> just run right through this. So, like yeah. sounds of San Francisco. San Fr- sounds. Of- it sounded like a whining cat almost. Sound- <laughs> sounds of San Francisco. Be damned. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, we we never got that far. Um, I, I, it was mostly just you know Subaru kind of coming out of his shell, uh, which mm-hmm. was fine. It was it was. I think it was a, a really good uh, season, and I absolutely love more because i i was surprised at how much i enjoyed uh the little life lessons and the you know all that stuff in the dramatic moments and 
uh, on top of the the comedy and, and the fun with Haru. So, I mean, honestly, this was a very good show. Um, despite what I thought it was going to be, I thought it was, I, I honestly thought this was going to be a short, so I got it backwards. I should have drafted this instead of Uno-san. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, lots of fun. I would thoroughly recommend it to anybody. Uh, I'd probably give this a 4.5 out of 5. Oh, wow. I, th- I think the only way it could have gotten a five is is if we had gotten like two cores and that, that bit that I had talked about beforehand mm-hmm. with the romance and seeing how yeah. a cat deals with it. Good stuff. Indeed. Very good show. Okay. The next one on our list here is a short that nobody drafted, um, which is called... Mineria Friends or Mysteria Friends, uh, depending on where you watch it. Um, and it's a kind of spin-off of the um Damn it. The name of it just Oh, Rage of Bahamut. That's what it is. Um it's kind of that universe, but it's a kind of you know, look at these two princesses as they kind of go through uh this magic school and kind of their relationship with each other um the show is incredibly heavy on the yuri incredibly heavy (laughs) um and uh it was really one of my favorite things to watch this year or uh this (laughs) this season this year year so far (laughs) yes um Anime of the year. Here uh, we are. Yeah, here we are. Um, the uh, two main characters are On and Greya. Uh, Greya is dragonborn. She has uh, wings and a uh, dragon tail. Um, On is human um, and the princess of some local place that I don't remember. Um, it's really not important. Human uh, the only important thing. Yeah, the only important thing is that they are both princesses and uh, they're kind of treated that way. Um, Anne is like super, super smart, uh, super knowledgeable and uh, proficient with magic. So much so that she is like she has nothing really to do while these other people are studying um, because she already knows everything uh, about magic to you know a degree that's beyond the capacity of these students to understand um and it's just kind of like uh each episode is a different kind of uh i don't know look into the (laughs) various aspects of the relationship between these these two girls um and it's just really really fun to watch uh there's the animation is just incredible um who did this who did this let me see it was <laughs> i had was, I, I look i'm like what are you talking about i who did this uh oh Psy games pictures apparently mm. um because maybe this is because uh rage of rage of bahamut is a mobile game i believe um, so I think Psy Games is uh, the one behind that. So I guess they have their own uh, little studio. Looks like they did the Blade Runner short. 
uh, which I really enjoyed as well. And then looks like they've got something coming up eventually princess connect redive so <laughs> games um, definitely has the money that's for sure yeah <laughs> um let me pull up this page real quick um just to kind of go through some of the episodes um yeah i mean it's uh, there's no real uh you know like end goal necessarily uh, like I said, it's just kind of uh, various looks at the relationship between these two girls. Um, How long are the episodes? You said it was a short, right? Yeah, it's a uh, twelve minutes. That's, that's not bad. Short, little no, little was, happy episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have loved, absolutely loved for this show to be full length. Um, and that's like my only real knock against it. Um, I know some people weren't as into it as me, um, but. I, I absolutely well it. how dare uh, they I know those monsters we should purge them from earth let, let's not yes. do that let's, <laughs> let's, let's do that uh, um, I mean Yuri princess means five five hearts yeah. Right? Five out of five, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's just kind of like you know uh, like there's one episode where Greya um is like struck with a fever and no one really knows how to help her because she's dragonborn and they're not really knowledgeable about, you know, the medicines it would take. And so on goes through, um, this just kind of like (laughs) seemingly endless journey through these incredible, like, um, trials and tribulations to kind of find the knowledge to, uh, kind of help her out. And by the time she gets back, it just turns out that Greya was molting <laughs> and that <laughs> she, you know, she was just growing. Uh, she shed her skin and or the, the, uh, you know, the scales on her tail and kind of, you know, came out good to go. Um, they, they do things like shopping together, studying together. There's a really, really good episode um, in uh, the library at the school which man this library is just incredible uh, like if if you mm, it's worth watching this show just for the architecture um which is not something i thought i would ever say but it's <laughs> really it's really really impressive better than uh better than the gothic like tower of library oh yeah incredibly like just like not as maybe impressive from a size standpoint but just the 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 layout and the structure and everything is just incredibly beautiful mm. um but they uh they're like the only two in the library because uh i think they were volunteering or helping out and uh they play hide and seek with each other and just like the the atmosphere and like the you know as they as Anne uh, on goes around looking for Greya, just like the the shot selection is just totally you know perfect for me. Um, it's just really really well done. Um, and the characters are just fun. I mean, Greya is kind of uh, you know more the kind of like shy, reserved, beautiful type, um, very dignified. 
um, as like the representative of dragon kind at this school um, and not really approached by many people because I think most people are kind of, you know, not necessarily scared, but unsure around her. Um, and so she's often alone. Um, and then on's very kind of bubbly and obviously in love with Greya. Um, and does, you know, whatever it takes to kind of get close to her. Um, there's a really fun episode where they are shopping in town and they find this clothes shop that turns out to be the, uh, shop of one of their teachers. Um, and apparently teachers aren't supposed to have other jobs. And so they kind of like strong arm her into letting them try on a bunch of clothes and take a bunch of clothes. And all the outfits are just awesome. Um, and Greya tries getting matching um, bear pajamas for both of them to wear. Um, and like one of Greya or An's uh, goals is to have a sleepover with Greya. But Greya doesn't want it to happen because she sleeps weird with her tail between her legs. And she's very subconscious about that. Um, I don't know. It like it's a really kind of a, a nothing show if you're looking for deep, meaningful story. But if you're looking for something about two characters who uh, just spend a lot of time kind of growing closer together, um, you know, emotionally and physically in some ways, uh, it's just really, really, uh, really well done. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, like 10 minutes an episode, so. It's worth a watch. You can watch it in one night. Easy peasy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds interesting. I, I've, I've never watched any of the Bahamut stuff, but I mean, it doesn't sound like that's much of a bar to entry. No, no, not at all. I think I've watched half of uh, like Rage of Bahamut the first season and not anything past that. And watching this. Yeah, I it did not matter one bit. Um, yeah, I. uh I think, hmm, like my only real knock is that it's not full length. Um, some shorts, you know, don't, you know, wouldn't necessarily benefit from full length, but I think there's enough here that I would have loved to have seen what they would have done with the full length um, show. So I'm going to give it a four and a half, but it's like, oh. it's pretty much a five. Um but I'm going to give it a four and a half because of the length. Okay. Well, I might have to give that a watch then. You absolutely should. Okay. Uh, so the next one is one that I drafted and you watched, right, Logan? I did. Okay. So this was actually my first pick. Uh, this is Endoro, uh, which is <laughs> just kind of crazy, but fun. Uh, yeah, it's a a fantasy show, uh, like pure fantasy, but kind of taking place in a semi, uh, you know, video gamey type world, uh, based on based on a their philosophies and, and b how they do stuff. <laughs> um, we follow uh, you <laughs> Yulia, which it, they subtitles are always spelled like Julia, so I guess she's uh, what do you call it, Scandinavian. Um, <laughs> Uh, Yulia Charoletto, uh, who is the hero, uh, the hero, Yusha. yeah, Yusha, Yusha Sama. Uh, she is, uh, and the hero is, um, every 
so often few generations few hundred years are pretty vague on it um a hero is the, the hero is reincarnated and um the demon king or mao sama is reincarnated and they have it out yusha always wins you know the demon king always loses and the world just keeps going and like this like yudia is the 999th hero um, and so we actually start in the first episode uh, with uh, Yulia and her party. Um, there's uh, uh, Meza, the uh, uh, the mage. Uh, she's really into the May. Ca- yeah, May. She's really into the card game. Uh, <laughs> Seira, or it's Se, right? Um, um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's Seira. Uh, Seira. Yeah. They call her. Uh, Seira. Yeah. Seira is uh, the uh, priest, and she's an elf. Um, and actually an it, m- much more interesting take on elves, not normally yeah. what you're used to with elves. Uh, and then there's, uh, Fi, Fi Fi, uh, who is the warrior who is just the best. Uh, she's, she's like, just, I, I don't know how to like, think, she's like super hyper ganky, like think tomboy. Ganky Tarzan. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. like really into like talking to animals and just hanging out in the wilderness. Um, so we joined them in episode one and we're actually at the end. Pack it up, boys. We can, we can, we can finish <laughs> like right now because in episode one, uh, the, you know, the hero and her party actually defeat the demon King. We, we join them as they're, you know, ascending the demon King's um, tower or whatever or castle. And, and they beat, they beat the demon King. But at the end, the uh yulia kind of flubs like the incantation to to defeat the demon king spell yeah the forbidden spell and so instead of defeating the demon king they are all sent back in time to when they very first started as here or as uh, adventurers in training so they go all the way back to their schooling uh but the twist is is that the demon king was also sent back in time with them to the beginning of their schooling <laughs> and the demon king thinks oh if i can mess with them when they're in their schooling she can never be the hero so i could just you know run this place that but you forgot <laughs> that mentality yeah. doesn't last long no you also forgot to mention what the demon king actually is Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So, so when we when she fights, when they when they fight as uh, the hero and her party fight the demon king, it's this gigantic, like dude who's got this really deep voice. When the demon king goes back in time, we see her in her true form, and she's a lolly with horns and wings, <laughs> <laughs> whose name is Mao, and she's adorable. Um, she's adorable. Um, and so she, yeah, she, she decides, okay, I'm going to mess. I like, I'm going to mess with the hero. So she signs up as a teacher, uh, at the, the Academy where the, uh, the hero and her party are, are going to school. Uh, and she tries everything in her power to make her fail and, or just not be the hero. And everything she does just kind of backfires. And so not even like halfway through the show, <laughs> It's like, yeah, episode three or four. Yeah, it's it's really early on. She's like, you know what? Apparently, over 999 times, or over 998 times, I have lost this battle. So you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to be a teacher. I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, you know, uh, 
at this point, Yulia has has uh, retrieved the master sword essentially, and and she knows she's bound to be the hero. Like it's it's her job description, like her uh-huh. her um, adventure title, like where the other ones are like mage, priest, fighter, etc. Um, yeah, she's hero, and so the rest of the show just kind of progresses as if I like Yulia just imagines i'm the hero i'm gonna eventually gonna have to fight the demon king and we just kind of also follow mao as mao just kind of tries to keep on the dl and just be a teacher (laughs) um (laughs) we get other characters uh the princess of the kingdom uh she comes and she is apparently a hero otaku um Mm -hmm. her name's rona and Rona like loves the stories about the hero. She knows all of them. Like, and she'll always quote like, "Oh, you're just like the hero, the 678th hero, who <laughs> blah 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 blah." So she's really into the hero, and she's like wants to marry the hero until she meets Yulia and finds out it's a woman. And then eventually, like, she gets one episode, and she's convinced. You know what? Gender doesn't matter. I don't care. I want to marry you anyway because you're the hero. <laughs> Um, which, you know, good on That's you. That's commitment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, fight for your dreams. But, <laughs> but, um, and then after meeting the princess, uh, we get a couple character episodes. Uh, Fi gets one with Rona where Rona wants to kind of ingratiate herself to the hero's party. And so she, she spends like a day or so with Fi and, and Fi takes her through, takes a princess in a dress through the jungles and just, uh, it, to to a watermelon eating contest. Yeah, to a watermelon eating contest. Uh, and she wins like single handedly. Fi does because she's she's the best. All, all all the food goes directly to her breast, though. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say in all this, uh, my least favorite episode happens there. The 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 secret Cartado festival. What? That was so that was great. stupid. Uh, that's, that's the point. It's so dumb. Oh, but it was so painfully dumb because I was so sick of those things going, meh, 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 meh. There's these little... The, were they, when they start singing, Oh god, the best. <laughs> I did laugh, but I was like, this is so dumb. Oh, God. But, uh, so just for reference, um, I what is... Uh, a may, I may, don't know what they're called. May is uh is is the mage and like magic in this universe, except for a few cases, is only done through like cards and it's called cartado, and like Fi hears about like the secret festival of like the, these card collectors, and uh, she goes to it and you find out that like the cards grow on trees, and these <laughs> these weird little like sentient the, the, the humanoid things like that only speak in mess like i said they'll like you'll just hear them go meh, 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 and then like five will be <laughs> like oh he said this um <laughs> they go and they 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 pick the the cards off the trees and sell them in sharp to shops or whatever and like this is a festival and they have to like find the the rarest of the rare um cards uh, to win and they set all the cards on fire <laughs> because why not um <laughs> yeah that that episode was just like they grow on trees really <laughs> it's it's pretty silly yeah. but th- it is it is it doesn't break the immersion of the show at all because the whole show is just ridiculous um yeah it's like the show is just satire on kind of like 
hero shows yeah well essentially it's like a slice of life satire in hero shows because like like yeah it's not like a like uh you know with with other kinds of satires you'd find you'd probably get heavier digs into stuff this is more uh-huh. of like a light and fluffy satire if, if, sure if ever there was one um yeah towards the end uh it's kind of hinted that no matter what Mao wants, like the hero has to defeat the villain, and and so <laughs> Mao's just like, eh, screw it. Um, she's kind of pushed into it. Uh, yeah. She kidnaps Princess Rona, and it's like, fine. If I have to die, then I'll die. Um, uh, it turns out though that the the Demon King, like the power of of the Demon King, has been so diluted that when Mao dies, she will be the last Demon King. There will never be another one. And probably the, like Yulia will be the last hero. Um, and in keeping with the ridiculousness of this show, they deus ex machina the shit out of this. Uh, so all throughout the show, they've had this little pet. Uh, Chibichan. Chibi there you go. It's like this little <laughs> flying dragon. And Chibichan eats can eat anything. Just like he he's tiny, but like he could probably eat a whole refrigerator. And when he closes his mouth, there, he'd be right back to his normal size because oh yeah, easy whatever. Um, so the way they fix this is uh, Chibichan eats or Yulia uh, throws her hero sword into Chibichan's mouth, and then <laughs> they throw Mao into. Uh, Chibi-chan's mouth, and uh, Chibi-chan spits out Mao because apparently, if he ate the concept of the hero and the concept of the Demon King, that erases it from, from existence, and they can go <laughs> yeah. on just being like regular humanoid regular things. People. Yeah, um, because yeah, I, I mean they they did kind of explain it like when during the uh, uh, the like forbidden ritual or whatever uh forbidden spell uh when mao is floating around in the void going getting sent back to the past she actually meets a creator god and it's chibi-chan and then you see chibi-chan in his whole form he's this giant dragon it's it's not mao it was the the golem uh, oh that's right yeah the golem maid does because she's she was the one that came up with like this plan to have chibi-chan eat mao Mao. because she throws was eaten by mao yeah so that's then that's why she's sentient and and not all well, she was sentient before that's why she's the free will and she's got she's more she humanoid than she is golem <coughs> yeah um so yeah it is a super silly ending to a super super silly show for sure uh yeah there was just a lot of moments that i really really enjoyed like the whole uh dream sequence when they're in the snow um and how uh sarah saves everyone because she just can't believe that her dream of having a clean uh, room a is chest. yeah a, a, a big uh, chest yeah. and a clean room yeah is is real yeah. is realistic uh it was just really good yeah just every kind of like got the fish people um oh <laughs> oh my god they saved this poor fish dude like the, they saved this fish dude's like <laughs> like friend and girlfriend and it turns out the friend and girlfriend formed a bond in captivity 
it's pretty much these fishes with human legs. It's awful. It's just God, horrendous the whole thing. At. It's so funny though. Like it is. It is so stupid, but it's so stupid and but funny. Yeah, and like, and so in that one, they also defeat like some water demon god by Chibichan eating. Yeah, <laughs> and then. When Chibichan throws up in Mao's room, and you know we get the golem, <laughs> he also throws up that demon king, and then he just gets eaten. Oh, right back he, up. yeah, he just gets eaten right back. Up. <laughs> uh, such a stupid show. It's so uh, fantastic. Yeah, no, it, it is like it's the fantasy show I didn't know I wanted until I got yeah. it, and like yeah, every episode I was I was. I was pretty happy. I mean, even the one I liked the <laughs> uh, least, like I said, I was still laughing. I was just like, why? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Um, now getting drunk on orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like oh, the-, the, the, the other teacher who just loved yeah. Mao. <laughs> Oh my god, homewrecker! Yeah, homewrecker. <laughs> she calls the uh, the golem yeah, the maid. Girl. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Oh god, <laughs> so funny. Uh, it, yeah. It's way funnier than it has any right to be. For sure, I, I would love more of the show, but I mean, the way it adds, I mean, why? Um, I, unless there's yeah. another demon lord, but that would be weird. But who knows? Maybe it could happen. I just but, loved yeah, too, I'm... like every time Mao uses magic and. Uh, May sees it. She's like, "Wait, you didn't do use Cartano," <laughs> and she <laughs> she like, just sweeps it right under the. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and nobody else pays attention because they're all well stupid. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they just don't care. God, uh, it's so good. And and Mao is just a really cute character. She's so much fun. Oh, she's adorable. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I there's not really a whole lot else to say about this. Should definitely watch it if if you like fantasy and you like comedy it's it's worth it yeah. uh it's worth a look um i'd say for me i I'd, I'd actually i'm torn on this on the score for this one yeah uh because as as funny as it is and all that stuff can i really say i enjoyed it enough to give it that <sighs> i'll give you my score first but if you want go for it i'm gonna give it a four Okay, that's far. I was it was I was thinking four point five or four, but I'm like, did I really enjoy it to the four point five extent? And looking at the nah. other show that I watched, I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought this one was really good. Um, really, really funny. Uh, I'm not a huge comedy fan, but this one really did it for me. Uh, but I just don't know if there was enough substance there for it to really go much higher than a four. But yeah, I thought it was really good for what it was. I, I know I've definitely given comedies a five, like when they mm-hmm. really, really get me. Maybe. I don't know. I have to look back. I think I have. Anyway, uh, digressing. But yeah, like this one, as much as I loved it, I I don't think I'd go back to it. I would definitely love to, like, to go back to like clips of it, but not watch the whole thing over again. So yeah, f- probably four out of five for me as well. Definitely a good show. Definitely worth watching if you haven't seen it already. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, Sarah, best girl for me. Oh, the five, five for sure for me. She's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that's so good, though. You, you, you break out of an illusion because you cannot believe that you could get any bustier, nor could your room be any like that clean. <laughs> clean. Yeah, <laughs> so relatable. Uh, all right. Uh, well, 
the final show is yours, Jeff, but I also watched this one. Yeah, I'm glad you watched this one, actually. Um, should be a fun one to talk about, I think. Uh, Bang Dream, season two. Andori! Um, yeah, I, I drafted this to basically force myself to watch the first season. Full disclosure, I did not watch the first season. I just didn't have time. <laughs> well, just a so, quick, um, quick synopsis of the first season. We get the, the twinkle, yeah, that, twinkle, and uh, we, we get the uh, the origin story of uh, Poppin' Party, which is, I mean, it's yeah. fine, but you can get that pretty easily. Sure. You miss a, you miss uh, a couple Poppin' Party songs, but it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I played the game. Um, I haven't played it in a while, but I, I played the game enough to kind of get to know most of these characters through the game. Um, and just to kind of get that out of the way, I think the show plays better maybe for people who play the game. Um, there's a lot of like little little Easter eggs. We've mentioned Easter eggs quite a few times, but there's little references to the game and interactions between characters from the game that um, I think are much more enjoyable if uh, you know of them, obviously. But uh Basically, Bang Dream season two uh, starts with Pop and Party, uh, so you can kind of tell they're the they're the kind of the lead group from season one. Um, like I said, I did not watch season one. I'm not sure how it ended, but it was pretty obvious to the first few episodes that I did watch of season one of where it was going. Well, um, the, the, the first um, the first episode starts with all of the bands, right? They're all they all have like a, a live at uh, space. It yeah, it or does. It um, I mean. It does start with all the bands in, in like a kind of a small sense, but I think you can tell, you know, Kasumi is still the, the main kind of the lead, I guess, of the show, or at least from my perspective, or, you know. I mean, yeah, she, from she what definitely I can tell. Um, but yeah, the season two introduces all the bands from the game, which I think is probably, um, as someone who played the game, exciting. Uh, but at the same token, I kind of it was hard a little bit, especially through the first half of this uh, to kind of keep interested because it really played out as a, a concert for each of the bands um, throughout the first half of the show, uh, which was enjoyable in the sense that I, I liked watching it um, to see the music and the concerts. And I thought it played pretty well um, in that way. But as far as like keeping a cohesive story, I thought that it, it was hard to follow that. Um, to the first half of this show, but um, we get a little backstory for each of the bands. Um, we get this little kind of little skit, and then at the end of each of the first, I think, six episodes, we got a little concert. Um, and then after that, I believe it was episode seven, we started getting more of a story, um, again, kind of focusing on Pop and Party uh, and their kind of desire to to have a, a live, like a self-sponsored live show. Um and uh, from there, we get a little bit of uh, kind of a somewhat of a conflict, I guess. Yeah, um, it's actually, it's a, I thought it was actually a very good conflict. I was surprised. With, yeah, with, uh, with Otai. It's Tai. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which, uh, yeah, no, it, it was actually pretty, it was, it was a little heavier than I expected out of the show. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, but you know, in the end, we still get pretty much every single episode. I think every single episode we're getting uh, like a highlight song at the end of the episode. So the show really focuses heavily on the music, um, which I think Bang Dream has good music. So I think that that's a strength for the show. Uh, and you, you know, I'm going to let you, Carlos, kind of take it over if you want to kind of discuss the the storyline that, that follows to the second 
half of the episode or your, well, your kind of take on real quick like going over like because like, you're right the, the first half is like a band of the week stuff and i understand why some people might not like it but like i loved it because it was the only chance i was going to get to have a a pastel palettes episode um sure they're my favorite band well well i should uh, say honestly um I'll just get it out of the way right now. My biggest issue with the show is actually Poppin' Party. Uh, I think um, uh, I wish <laughs> I wish that they weren't the headline band because when we see more of the other bands, I've enjoyed it more because I just think the characters from the other bands have better personalities. I, <laughs> I just think they're more enjoyable to watch. I think they're more they're more well rounded for a more realistic story. Um, Poppin' Party that sure. is because yeah, that's true. I, I mean, Roselia maybe could make a, an anime on their own um hello happy world that anime would be fucking nuts <laughs> they have, <laughs> but it was so good hello for happy the world episodes. has one episode and uh-huh. the laws of gravity just they don't apply to kokoro <laughs> where the fuck are the laws of gravity when it comes that to scene, that character that scene where she jumps out of the she second jumped, story no, window. that's a third story window she jumps <laughs> out of a third story window and fucking cartwheels over to them <laughs> Because Kokoro, because when you have that much money, gravity just fucks off. <laughs> I love that character, but good lord, she's uh, insane. And what they did totally to fucking insane. to poor Misaki, to well, Misheru, you know, uh-huh. when they made when they made her jump out of the air balloon and, uh-huh. and like and do the Konami code to, to to initiate flight mode. Oh my god, I was dying. <laughs> I love no that that was my favorite episode. Oh, it was fun, <laughs> but it's crazy. Also, one small thing about that episode. So I have a fear of heights. I am terrified of heights, and Kaoru has a fear of heights. Which you know what? That made me feel a little bit closer to that character. I'm not you know the mm. biggest Kaoru fan, but I like her well enough. But I you know get a little bond there. Sure. I get it. Now yeah. she's visibly afraid of heights on the air balloon. I get it. But there's this part where it's the that like they take from there's this event in the the Bang Dream uh, mobile game where she plays the quote unquote phantom thief and and uh, kidnaps one of the the girls and all this stuff happens. But so she's doing that uh, in this episode with Pop and Party, and um, she sits on this swing that's shaped like the moon, and the swing just kind of lifts her up into the air and takes her different places. I, as someone who's afraid of heights. Like, not having anything around me to protect me as I'm being lifted off the ground would fucking freak me out. Right, right. Like, I'm okay with planes because I'm in an <laughs> enclosed space. When I am sure. not in an enclosed space and I get I, – I mean, I'm talking, like, top of a ladder, I'm not, I'm not okay kind of stuff. Like, that would freak me out. So, a little bit of a continuity error there. Uh, but, yeah, other than sure. that, like, the, I mean, to be fair – Pointing out a continuity error in a, an episode with Hello Happy World is, right. is pretty yeah, silly. With a girl who jumps out of a third story window and, and lands in a full cartwheel yeah. uh, as she goes across the you know the, the soccer field. I, or I love how spectacularly wealthy that girl is. It's so like, I <laughs> I spent last night I spent last last night reading, um, the the comment or the comics in the game. You know they have the little comics strips. Sure. Um. And uh, I, I love all the ones where, like, the girls, like, the, the women who wear the black suits, who are, like, her bodyguards, right. have to do shit uh-huh. for her. Like, I guess one day she looks up, uh, 
you know, Misharu, the character, online. And so they shut down all the power and create, like, and create, like, Google pages about Misharu for her to look up, and then they turn the power back on. Like, uh, I, I, I do love that band for, for just how crazy and over... I would love a Hello Happy World anime. Um, Easily my favorite group. Um, and, and, yeah, it's totally outrageous, but it's so much fun and, you know, so funny to, to kind of watch but, but the I don't, whole I don't think you can get the same kind of drama. Like, if you're trying to have, like, a more serious no story out of them. Yeah. Now, you could definitely do, like, a drama show with Rosalia. And yeah, I was, I'm still really, really hoping for the day when they do um, Pastel Palettes origin story because, like, they briefly cover it in the one episode that Pastel Palettes gets. Uh but the way they put it, it's like, because, um, you know, like Pastel Palette's origin is uh, they were set up as an idol group, um, but the producers didn't want them to waste time learning the instruments or even learning how to sing. So Aya was going to lip sync and all the girls were going to, you know, pretend play their instruments. And during their first live, um, yeah. they they were kind of outed by faulty equipment. Uh, by, right, you know, faulty... and they did kind of gloss over that whole thing. Well, the, the, the way they put it, it sounds like the girls wanted to do that, to wanted to lip sync and all that stuff. They don't, they don't emphasize like because in the game, um, uh, in the game you get the origin story where the producers, like where Aya and and all the girls are like, give us a chance, give us a chance, and and the producers are like, no, you're just gonna screw it up, you're just gonna lip sync, and and how much they had to come back from this horribly negative um uh sure like, uh it does make like the characters i guess from the perspective like of that. just the show a lot less likable i guess kind of seeing it that way um and as much as we're gushing again we're both people who played the game so i think for someone and i just have to try to imagine watching this show season two especially from what you're saying season one I don't know that any of these other bands were in season one, right? It was pretty much just Pop and Party and their story. Uh, you saw them in season one. Like, you would okay. see some of the girls, but, like, they wouldn't really talk. Um, so, so like, for someone who didn't, who hasn't played the game, and we've had this conversation before of, like, um, you know, good anime that are based off a game are good enough that they're going to make you want to play the game. For someone who hasn't played the game, to just be thrust into this world with all of these bands that you've never seen before all of a sudden and they're like clearly playing a huge role in the story, I, I could see this being jarring and potentially kind of off-putting, I guess, for, for someone like for that. Sure, for sure. I, I can't imagine a whole lot of people who just follow the anime for this one who haven't seen the other bands because mm-hmm. uh, even if they just watched the anime, um, if they followed anything about bang dream even the slightest bit they would know about uh kuro papiko which is the the short and the short had all the bands mm-hmm. in it i mean th- there, there has to be like there there admittedly does have to be some like contingent of the the people who've seen the first season who just completely did not watch anything else uh, i would hope that this season uh kind of encouraged them to step more into it um, I would hope so too, because the music's awesome, especially Rosalia's yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, just about every episode ends with a ends with a song. Just about every yeah. episode, and even the ones that don't end with a song will have a song in in the middle of them. Um, yep. So yeah, there's a lot of music. And, I mean, the, the the show was. I mean, not only did they have the concert at the end of each episode, but throughout the episodes, there was a lot of just kind of practicing. Um, in clearly, the people who worked on this were very, you know, 
knowledgeable and were musically inclined, I'd say. So, um, well, I mean, they, they actually do have lives. Um, two, two, actually, no, three of the bands, um, Roselli and Poppin' Party, are actually full groups that that play their instruments and sing the songs like at lives. Um, now, do you know if the voice actresses um, were the same ones from the game that are in the show? Because yeah. there was a couple that sounded a little bit different oh, to me, but I thought okay, that they okay. were. So, uh, Lisa changed voice actresses um, and uh, Rinko. Both of them are from Roselia. Um, and okay. both of them are different. Uh, I think Rinko's voice actress was due to health issues. Lisa's, I don't recall. Maybe the same thing. Uh, Steven would be the person. Lisa doesn't for that. even. She's not even listed in the my anime list. Yeah, uh, she's the, she's the she's list. not she's not a huge part, unfortunately, because Lisa's great. Right. Um, I have a, a four we, star of Lisa. Anyway, uh, I can't say either. So so the other thing here, um, as we get into kind of so you've got kind of your really introducing all the bands for the first half of the show, um, kind of concert of the week, build up to the concert of the week kind of situation. Um, and then from there you get into this kind of, you start getting back into the story and they introduce this, this new character and she was kind okay. of introduced earlier. Yeah. But that's one um, thing I'm, I was kind of excited for. Cause this is one thing we don't have in the game yet. Right. Um, this, this band that we're, you're about, you're, you're talking about Chutu, the producer. Yep. Yep. Uh, she is part of a band that, and I, this is kind of spoilery for, I'm sorry for you, Jeff. And I just realized that, uh, if That's you fine. if yeah. you plan on carrying on with the game, and anybody who's planning on carrying on with the game, there is a new band, and they've actually had a live already. They're called Raz or Razasulin. Actually, they do form the band in the anime. Now that I think about it, but I was excited because we get to see their origin story. Because I I we don't have them in our game yet, and we don't have. I think we might have a song from them, uh, but like we haven't really gotten anything like that. So it was kind of interesting to watch them come up. And yeah, the the major you know. Uh, drama actually stems from that from them yeah exactly um and and tying kind of her connection to that band um and kind of choosing having to choose between um you know one kind of desire and another i guess uh you know does she want to kind of pursue more the, the i i got at least i pulled out of this does she want to pursue more the serious business end of music or does she want to pursue more of the fun friendly end right of music? Well, i mean to, for for those of you listening who who you know want to hear the spoilers to see whether or not you're going to watch it so essentially uh this girl uh named like her name is chutu she's a producer i don't know if that's a real name i hope it's not that'd be really cruel parents to name you chutu um <laughs> She offers uh first she offers Roselia's um uh she she offers uh Ina Iba's character whose name literally just flew out of my brain. Um Yukina. She offers Yukina uh uh to produce songs for, for Roselia. She turns her down. Uh and then she decides to create her own band. Um and she slowly but surely throughout the episodes we actually see her recruiting uh, various people uh yeah. and at one point uh the uh one of the guitarists um knows uh ty from pop and party and says hey would you like to play with us so she tells you know her fellow members of pop and party uh hey I w i'm gonna go you know be a supporting member of this new band while they're you know getting their footing and you know Ty plays so well that chutu is like hey 
I want you to join my band. I'm poaching you from Pop and Party. And there's this, there, there is that drama where Otai is like, do I want to stay with my childhood friend and pursue, like you said, the business side of music? Or do I stay with Pop and Party, my high school band, and, you know, continue to create memories with them? Um, and yeah. potentially get into the business side. But I mean, most high school bands, let's be right. real, don't. I have to, uh, before you continue, by the way, on the topic of Chew 2, I love the scene where she um, gets frustrated with the uh, the lead girl in Rosalia there. Jeez, uh, what was her name again? Uh, Yukina. Um, Yukina. Uh, and she ch- kicks the trash can over and the trash all over the ground. And then before she stomps away angrily, she picks the trash up and puts the trash <laughs> can back. <laughs> it's a very Japanese reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, but, but, but yeah, I was I was uh, surprised at how how well that drama went over. I was I, it was very believable. Um, yeah, and you know this yeah. is from someone who I honestly I didn't see Otai as much of a character beforehand. Uh, she's a funny character, like she's you know one of the jokesters in Pop and Party uh, who kind of gets on Odisa's nerves. Um, she's like her only other trait is she really loves bunnies. Um, and yeah, I, I feel and like she fucking party, shreds. Though, they're, yeah, yeah, she's definitely she awesome shreds. on the guitar. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, she was kind of another one of those girls in Pop and Party for me. Like none of them really stood out so much. They all have like their little quirks, but a lot of their com- conversation throughout the first part of the show, and I think it builds a lot towards the end there, and when this drama starts to develop. But um, they all, it was all very kind of bland vanilla stale kind of just not interesting that their personalities weren't strong and i kept unfortunately comparing the show to a show like love live or a show like idol master <laughs> um where I mean, you it, have these characters with incredibly strong kind of tropey personalities and i think it made it more enjoyable to, to I, follow those characters whereas pop and party just didn't have that pop and party like it, I, th- I think that's a, one of the draws of bang dream is that uh it's it's one of those things that there are so many bands that if you don't like one enough, you know you're you're gonna pick up on the other. But this is like the essentially the, it's it's the the vanilla band. I mean, yeah. I I do think I do really like a couple characters. I like um, I like Saya quite a bit in Pop and Party, and I like Arisa. And I think the reason I because I was you know the the drama was kind of frustrating me at a point, but I think Arisa the the, this is the blonde with uh, with kind of twin tails who plays the keyboard, the mm-hmm. kind of Sundari of the group or the the realist. Um, I enjoyed her reactions and her input, like on the drama, so much that it it kind of brought me back. Um, so I mean, I, I I can definitely see why people don't like Pop and Party, especially as much as other the other bands. But I mean, for better or worse, they're the the headliners of the the show hopefully hopefully uh next season we'll get something different because there will be a next season they've announced it so that's 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 good news actually i'm pretty excited to continue with this and see what what else they develop on and where they kind of focus um i think the big elephant in the room that we're not discussing is the the cg the animation Um, i actually didn't mind it (laughs) so i i I think it's probably some of the best cg i've seen it's really well done actually um but it just can't escape the the lack of character that 
they have the lack of kind of life that's brought into characters. I think when they're drawn, um, the CG, while it looked great, I thought the live shows were really good. Um, I just didn't, there's, there's scenes and I actually started realizing, cause I'm thinking, why do these characters look dead to me <laughs> in certain scenes? They just look kind of lifeless. Um, and I, you know, blinking is a big thing that makes characters look more life, you know, brought, more brought to life. Um, and there were entire scenes like for large periods of time where the characters wouldn't blink. And I think that's what was kind of bringing me down on them. Um, but it just, they felt, it was harder to connect, I guess, with them because they, they felt fake. I, I know a lot uh, of people say that, that they didn't care for the CG, uh, either, like you say, um, uh, either they liked the live show, but they didn't like the overall product or some people just didn't like the whole thing or the thing as a whole. Mm. But I think playing the game, uh, and playing through the stories and stuff like that, I'm kind of used to seeing them more like this anyway. So I wasn't really affected by it. That's um, yeah, I mean, that's fair, early I on, I was like the first episode, I was like, okay, well, I guess we're doing all CG. But after that, I mean, it really didn't bother me. And I think what, what really did it for me was the live shows. Um, yeah. What do you call yeah, it? I thought, the... I thought the live shows were really well done. Um, I also think the CG, I don't think the CG is a real, like, I don't think it's something that's a real deal breaker for me. I didn't hate it. Um, but I, I also just well, felt like maybe it was part of why I wasn't connecting with the characters as much as I could have. I, and that it, it's entirely possible that the reason I did was because I played the game and I like, I like the characters quite a bit already. But um, sure. I, I think, I think that I would rather it be all CG and get the performances every episode where I see their hands moving the way they're supposed to. And especially for like on the drums, I see every hit of the drum and it it's matches perfectly. Then mm-hmm. either something like uh, maybe this is an extreme example, but like Ongaku Shoujo where they use the same animation over and over again. Or sure. like as much as I love Idolmaster, like uh like the middle episodes of Idolmaster where every song boiled down to music to stills. And the stills are fine and they're fun, but I would much rather see the music being performed. Um Of course. And especially in that last episode. Uh the last episode oh, yeah. where we get um uh you know, all the like every single band playing. I, I really appreciated the CG at that point. So it, it's definitely, yeah, it's are... not ideal. It's not the best it could have ever been. Obviously the ideal would be a fully animated show with like 12 episodes or sorry, it's 13 episodes, 13 episodes of fully animated, you know, uh, and choreographed, uh, performances, but that's just not terribly feasible, unfortunately, or at least it seems that way. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a really fitting way for it to end. Um, I thought it was a great a great show in the end. Uh, we haven't mentioned that girl, but again, Rock. I can't think of her name. The, the blue haired girl, the, the one with the glasses. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Oh God, lock shreds too. Holy shit. Yeah. Absolutely. She was kind of interesting to follow along. Kind of huge pop and party fan can I, girl. Can I spoil it for you? Do you want me to spoil it for you? Yeah, you can spoil it for me. Did, what, did you say yes? So you might have cut out. Yeah, yeah, you can. Okay, okay. okay. So, <laughs> spoilers, everyone out there for season three. But Locke is is the final member of of, of Raz of Raz Suilin. Yeah, 
I had a feeling. I had a feeling she had to, yeah. you know, a tie had to uh, <laughs> be replaced. And that girl obviously could shred on the guitar, like you said. Yeah. So, so I've, I'm excited for season three because we're we're going to have to see Raz uh, form up again as a as a full band, and we'll get their first their first song, and their first song is fucking outstanding. So. Gee, I'm excited. when you put it all together, this entire season almost plays out as the origin story of Rise. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. And that's why I was kind of excited for it. Um, and yeah. I appreciated the, the drama and stuff like that. But I'm hoping next season we get more of other bands. Sure. Yeah. Um, best Girl, Cool Girl. Have to have more. Yeah, of her. Best Girl, Aya. <laughs> why wasn't there? There was not nearly enough pastel palettes. Although, there was we, not. We, we yeah. did get quite a bit of all of the girls. We didn't really say this, but during like one of the major moments of, of the drama was the um, the uh, school culture festival, where mm-hmm. because there's two girls' schools very close to each other, because apparently everybody's having girls at this in this place. Um, <laughs> We get, uh, like, the two schools have their cultural festival together. So we have a lot of scenes of all the girls from all the different bands working together, which I thought was pretty nice. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. We didn't, we really didn't get a lot of Aya. And uh, she she's definitely a cute character. I would have liked to have seen more of her and, and several of the other kind of side girls from Pastel Palace especially didn't get a lot of love. Um, <laughs> Pastel Palace is like... Uh yeah, oh, I mean like we did get a lot of Hina, which uh Q would probably cringe at. Uh he's not a huge fan of that character. But I mean we did, yeah, we, did I guess get, we did we did get some. But yeah, so hopefully we get more. I, I imagine I feel like we only got a lot of Hina though because she's related to Sayo. Um and it seemed like they focused a lot on Pop and Party, Roselia, and uh I guess Hello Happy World. I mean I mean Afterglow I feel like got a little bit snubbed as well. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, hopefully in the next season we get more of, of all the girls. I, I do imagine though that that we're um, well, <laughs> I I hate to say this, uh, like it's terribly negative because I don't think it is, but I you know I know you and and quite a few other people wouldn't care a whole lot for it, but I do imagine that that the next season, a uh, pop and party probably is going to be the headliner again though. <laughs> probably. Uh, I mean. I'm kind of expecting it. You're, this is just coming from someone again. Like you said, this is a game with so many bands that I think everyone has a band that they can, you know, really link on to. And in the game, I actually was so not interested in Pop and Party right. that I didn't even no, and play that's, through that's their by stories. Design, so. For sure. I mean, you know, Bush Road and Atlantis and whatever other groups are involved in, in the Bang Dream, you know, thing. They definitely did that by design. It's like, all right, we're going to throw a bunch of, band types at the wall and one of them is going to stick to you know to our potential customers yeah exactly uh so but i mean we can we can hope for you know more of our favorites um and if not we always have the game uh which i I definitely recommend if you like um rhythm games because it no doubt the game too would have really helped people understand uh some of the stuff i will say like that was a big complaint like we opened with was a lot of people said if you haven't played the game you're not going to understand everything that's true to an extent um but i do think it's more enjoyable having like knowing what i know but i yeah. don't think you, need you know to have played the game and if you enjoyed the first season of bang dream like play the game 
try it out. I mean, if you don't like the game, fine, but at least it doesn't take long of playing the game to, to meet these bands anyway and get to know who they are. Um, and it's a fun game. If you're into rhythm games and if you like this music, you're going to enjoy it. Or if you like anime music game. in general, because they do covers. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. Um, so what are you doing? Play the game. Come on. Wish <laughs> your road. Give us Poor our woman. money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just, just for you, Logan. So once in this anime, one girl while practicing does play Twinkle Twinkle Little Stars. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get away from Couldn't it. Couldn't get away from it. <laughs> Who is it? I think it's Locke. I think Locke is practicing. No, maybe it's not Locke. I don't remember. But I, I remember, remember I heard it yeah. once and I'm like, God damn it, Logan's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a it's, it's a good season. It was a, a lot of fun for me. But again, take that with a grain of salt. I am a fan. Sure. <laughs> Um, um, I think there was some, there was some points where I was kind of getting a little bit low on it. Just, I was kind of bored at, at certain points, but I think it was just, I uh, maybe following characters. I just didn't care. Yeah, for too sure. much I about, mean, you, there wasn't you much definitely on, represent so. more of the, like the non, I mean, you are a fan as well, but like, you know, um, sure. Uh, there, there's, there's definitely people out there who are, who echo you, you for sure. And I can't fault them, but as a no, fan, I yeah. loved it. So. And I do see Rinko has two Japanese voice actresses, so that must be the one where you said she was uh, sick at one point. Uh, well, no, no, she's she's uh, the reason she has two is is I, they must not have taken her original one off because one left. She's gone, gone. And yeah, Rinko, oh, okay. she doesn't sound the same to me, which I'm really sad about. <laughs> yeah, I think that may have been the I, character that I was noticing I, just didn't sound the I same. I can't, I can't make the connection between that character and that voice. Um, yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird. Yeah. It's like too soft spoken, especially as like the student council president. Well, I mean, like, she, she's got a soft voice to begin with, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's different. It's, it's a different yeah. kind of soft, which is weird to say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> different kind of soft. Uh, anyway, um, hard to be too down on this show. I think it was fun. Uh, the music was good. I, I think it did what it set out to do, which was really present a lot of the the bandori music um in what was i thought it was cg but it was very well done cg it looked great um and uh at one point my uh 13 year old stepdaughter walked in the room and said she really liked the way they looked she said the, she, they look almost 3d that's the way she said <laughs> 2.5d um, that's the opinion that matters <laughs> so um her thumbs up for um for the bang dream girls in cg but uh score you ready for scores yeah e i think are oh, you want me to go first or you want to go first no I, i'm i'm gonna give her uh i'll give it a three wow 3.5 let's do it no, no 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 that's fine change because of my wow <laughs> no no I, you know oh, i was Carlos. on the fence between three and 3.5 i think um it it was enough fun for me i i, I detract points for a little bit for the cg um a little bit because pop and party's boring and um a little bit because it needed more kokoro i guess <laughs> <laughs> Steven is gonna come out of his headphones at you. <laughs> uh, I, how, uh, I, I, I'm giving this a 4.5 because I love fucking Vague Dream. <laughs> I am a degenerate who loves Vague Dream so much that I, I still really think it's a good show. I think it's a good show, but I can understand why people didn't like it as much. Um, if nothing else, if you don't watch anything else, 
watch Kokoro jump out of a window into a full cartwheel because it's <laughs> I just I can't get over it. I really just can't get over it. I, I really think Logan, when you're that wealthy, it just doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Logan, we need a sound bite of your uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we just create a, an anime done. arcade soundboard. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll work on that. Carlos singing. Uh, oh, God, no. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Mika snoring. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, Mika snoring. Yeah. Uh-huh. So not not a not a bad start to our you know our uh, our reviews I don't think yeah lowest yeah. we got was a two I, I don't I don't think we're but going I think that's as low as yeah it's I think go. that's as low yeah. as it's gonna go so I I can already say this season was probably way better than last uh-huh. I'm confident saying that for sure yeah all right for sure hopefully um you know this next season surprises us I know we were a little down and during the draft cast for it. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I haven't even this started. Was definitely, <laughs> me either. I haven't either because I've been trying to catch up with these shows. But uh, it, it was hard this season to to keep up with everything. Um, I actually watched like the last eight episodes of Bang Dream today. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, all catching up on winter, but I'm excited to get started. But we still have a second half of these reviews coming up, so I hope you guys are excited for that. I'm Indeed. talking to you guys and everyone listening. Oh no, I'm not excited. <laughs> well, no, I am excited. I'm not excited for my test tomorrow, but that's another story. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck, man. Let's end it here. Let's end it. Let's end it. So, here's the spiel. <laughs> if spiel you it out. would like to get a hold of us and share your thoughts on the shows that we talked about today. Uh, you can contact us on our various social media platforms. We are on Twitter at anime underscore arcade. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade. Our Instagram is at the underscore anime underscore arcade. Our email is mail.animearcade at gmail.com. Our website is animearcade.net. Hit us up on any of those and we can get you an invite to our Discord where we have... Um, threads up for the new season um, as well as um, a bunch of other things uh, we're in between watch alongs at this point I don't know where we'll be at by the time the yeah, we're, we're, episode actually comes I out I was thinking about it we're probably going to take two weeks So because we okay. have this week we normally take a week off between watch alongs and then mm-hmm. the week after that is SakuraCon for you guys, and I don't want to start up one yeah. uh, without uh, at least one or both of you guys. So, uh, mm-hmm. so the void the voting for that will probably conclude. Um, and we'll say SakuraCon weekend. Okay, cool. So you've got uh, a little bit of time to get in here and uh, get your vote in. Um, and yeah, just come have fun with us. Indeed. By the way, but I think that's two good. two wishes. She was I Chan. <laughs> what? Okay. Two two. She wishes all. she was I Chan. She she totally. She wishes she worked for us, and she wasn't so the, wealthy uh, that she owned a studio at the top of a multi-story skyscraper. Well, I mean, maybe we could have you know, maybe we could kind of let her copy I Chan a little if she gave us access to her studio. Um, <laughs> There's a pool up there for fuck's sake. 
<laughs> Why the hell would she be jealous of our mascot? What is it with all these wealthy characters in Bang Joint? Anyway, I hope everyone enjoyed. Have a wonderful drive to work evening. Yep. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you guys next.